You're listening to The Next Dimension, Dragon Ball Z Chapter 133, The End of Everything, 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 Everything. Bonjour, hola, and hello again. Welcome back to the Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. As always, I'm your host, Donovan Morgan Grant, and as always, I'm joined by my pal and co-host Jesse Garrett. And I'm uh, not as linguistic as him, so hi, guys. <laughs> I'm not, I was Google translating, so I'm totally <laughs> I'm full of crap. cheater. This is going to be our biggest episode yet. I think you'll find. Hopefully, when you download it, there'll be a big file. <laughs> Because we have a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Not only do we have, not only is this the, uh, by this point, it's, we've been doing this podcast for about a solid year, but we've also have a lot of news to cover up because there's been a lot of news coming out in the terms of Dragon Ball Z and what we'll be covering down the road. 
Uh, it's the end of the Frieza saga, of course, in our coverage. There's a lot to talk about that in terms of, you know, the storyline and how it played out and our thoughts on it. And uh, we have the, the most amount of emails we've had ever in the past year. We have a solid uh, ten, tens of emails, actually just plainly ten, but uh, a lot of people are responding to a Goku turn into a Super Saiyan, so um, it's going to be a full Monty tonight. So uh, before I get into that, I don't want to like just skip over Jesse. What's been up with you, Jesse, in the past month? How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was actually uh, quite well, even though um, I work retail, so that was a little hectic. But I'm very glad that uh, that the season's kind of calming down, in my job anyway. So, And I'm looking forward to some hot deals on TVs. I'm going to get a new TV so I can watch Dragon Ball and uh, hopefully HD Glory. Nice. Very nice. Uh, I'm not going to give where you work, but like, do, are you guys typically busy around both Thanksgiving yes. and Christmas? Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving, and um, the Super Bowl season. Those are the biggest areas uh, at the uh, big box retailers I work at. So, Yeah, uh, Black Friday was um, annoying. I, <laughs> ugh, capitalism. Ugh. <laughs> I uh, worked, I think, um, 17 hours straight. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. But hey, I got a lot of money, so that's, say, that's, like, that's always a plus. <laughs> overtime money to me, man. <laughs> God, uh, that's what got me through the day. Hmm. Hopefully, this. I mean, because we're we're recording on your day off, so we're basically wasting your time. You could be sleeping right now. <laughs> let's uh, distract you well with these uh, emails. No, not the emails. What am I thinking of? Uh, let's first talk about Dragon. The new, for the first news, Dragon Ball Z Kai is returning. Now, uh, to those uh, who may not know that it was it ever ended because it is airing in um, America, DBZ or it was in Japan. It's called Dragon Ball Kai, but um, Dragon Ball Kai, the remastering, recut edition of Dragon Ball Z, uh, initially aired from 2009 to 2011, and it was canceled right around the time of the of the Japanese tsunami back in 2011. In fact, when that happened. Um, I think the the second to last episode had aired, and because of this tsunami, the uh, the last episode, episode ninety eight or ninety nine, I think, for uh, Dragon Ball Kai, where Trunks goes back into his own timeline, being as non spoilish as possible, that actually didn't air and was left for the DVDs in the DVD market. I think that may have aired. I'm not sure if that's aired in America yet because I've not watched current curly. I just watched it for the podcast. But since 2011, Dragon Ball Dragon Ball Kai was canceled. It's just flat out canceled. Um, so people mainly assumed that it was going to end, uh, just tell the story of the Cell Saga and the Cell Games, and and right there. But uh, in the past month, uh, this uh, clearly being December, but during November, uh, there was some cryptic uh, just talk among the uh, the original voice actors' Twitter. I think, and let me get this uh, let me get this out right first. I believe that it was Toshio Furukawa, who uh, is the Japanese original voice for Piccolo, have been tweeting about a project that he and the other Dragon Ball voice actors were working on and that they were very excited. And a few days later, uh, it came out that Dragon Ball Kai was going to continue. Uh, taking, from his, uh, taking from Mayumi Tanaka, who voices Krillin, taking from her blog, uh, I'm reading this off of Konsenshu.com, which you guys should check out. That's where I get the news. Uh, Mayumi says, quote, it won't be aired in Japan, but overseas, Dragon Ball Kai is continuing. Right now, we are recording the part at the Tenkaichi Budokai, where Goten and Trunks infiltrate the adults' division by one standing on the other's shoulders. The image is clearly, the image is definitely clearer than before. We talked about how we want it to air in Japan too. 
And that's the other big thing because it was canceled in Japan. This won't be airing in Japan originally. This will be aired internationally. And of course, there's talk about it being dubbed in English. Um, so far, it's not been 100% confirmed that it will be dubbed in English, although it's probably a possibility. I think that um, the sales for the DBZ Kai DVDs haven't been what Funimation have wanted. And this is all, all coming, again, coming from what I've heard from Kanzenshu, so I'm just reporting back. But uh, the ratings, because it airs on both, I think, um, the CW and Nickelodeon, I think the ratings have been pretty solid. So I would expect to see the Boo Saga dubbed in DBZ Kai format within the next year or so. But um, initially, <laughs> I'd imagine that Jesse would only be watching DBZ Kai up to the end of the Cell Games and would watch the original anime uh, for the rest of our show. So uh, now that it's... Um, now that's continuing. Do you have any thoughts on this, Jesse, since that's basically how you view the show? Uh, I'm kind of glad that, well, only because it'll be less jarring, hopefully. Mm-hmm. You know, All if right. that is the case, I'll be able to see a, a complete version of, or a complete a complete idea, like, put into the show, as opposed to going back and basically not being used to any filler, and then all of a sudden, you know, being uh, subjugated to that, you know? But, uh... I'm cool either way. I, I mean, I still eventually want to watch the original, you know, original dub and the kind of how it was presented you know, back in the '90s from what what I remember, you know. Right. Yeah, it also massively messes with our schedule because I had planned out watching the episodes just from the anime. But um, I mean, this is interesting because this show was canceled and to be reinvigorated uh, just to be aired internationally is. I'm not heard of anything. I'm not heard of many other shows that have done that, if ever. Um, I do know that from what I've from what I've gleaned upon in the past month in terms of how Kai was brought about, because Dragon Ball Z really is an old franchise. It's sort of like uh, it's 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 so it's a totally '90s kind of thing. It's not really. I mean, for instance, I think in the past month, I'm not sure if we actually discussed this because it's not really on topic, but like Lucasfilm was bought by Disney, so there's and there's talk about there being a, an upcoming Star Wars Episode Seven, which is going to push the story along, and. Um, We'll get on to we'll get into the the DBZ movie Battle of the Gods in a minute, but more or less Dragon Ball Z is a franchise which has kind of ended. So for Kai to continue its recutting of it, kind of give that kind of extra bit of content, I find interesting. Um, and from from all accounts, that from what I've gleaned upon, it's it was sort of done in the first place to sort of reach out a new generation, because people had grown up with Dragon Ball Z and it was very successful. I think the uh, I think that um, what is the, I guess Bird Studios. No, that's the manga. I'm trying to think of the um, Toy Animation. Yeah, I suppose Toy Animation wanted just to push it out to a new um generation, like sort of like Scooby Doo, how they're always yeah. making another Scooby Doo cartoon. And um, for what I gather, because uh, again, this will go back to the the movie, but they're trying to have it uh, what what's basically cleaned this clock. Dragon Ball Z's ratings was uh One Piece which started out in 1997 has been going on strong ever since, which is a major like shonen action anime and manga series. And I think that is sort of the new flavor of uh, shonen manga and anime in Japan. Not that Dragon Ball Z is totally out in the wasteland. It, it did well ratings wise. In fact, uh, again, according to Kanzenshu.com, the highest rated episode for Kai was the episode where Goku became a super Saiyan. And like, since then it didn't do as well. I think that there definitely is a, is a market for Kai in that it does tell, at least for Americans audiences in that it tells a story more directly and more faithfully in terms of the uh, translations. 
But um, and I think that them showing it overseas is sort of testing the rounds to see if they can try to do it in Japan. I guess because I know that the actors had expressed that they want to have it air in Japan because they are trying to like you know really make it slick and uh, up to date. But it's interesting because it's from the way I've looked about it, it's basically just trying to like really get the same kind of thing out to new audiences, and it will be interesting to see how that, how well that works out. I mean, they come up they've been coming up with new games lately. They've been coming up with like these Raging Blast games and Dragon Ball Z Heroes or Dragon Ball Heroes, and uh, the new movie coming out. So um, there's a definite push for Dragon Ball to get out there towards uh, the masses again, to kind of resurrect not really resurrect it, but kind of really really make people aware of it. And so. Um, that kind of took me by surprise. Yeah. So that's that's that bit of news. And um, the second bit of news, which is actually more relevant in terms of coverage because it involves Akira Toriyama's and apparently in continuity, uh, the Dragon Ball Z movie, which we've discussed several episodes back, that's going to be airing on um, March 13th, 2013. Or I know it's at least March 2013. Uh, it's got We've got a poster and a title. It'll be titled Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods. And um, a poster's been released, which, uh, do you have the poster? Or not? do you have the image in front of you, Jesse? I know I put it on the, on the Lipson page. I, I don't have it. it in front of me, but I have seen it. Let me see if I can pull it up real quick. Let me quick. see if I can get it to you. Okay, let's see. I've got it. Uh, put it up on Google. Google. So it's got a mess of Super Saiyans and a guy with big ears. Yeah. Some sort of like Anubis Sphinx looking Egyptian animal thing. It looks like uh, we see uh, Super Saiyan Goku against this new character. Uh, we see the title Battle of the Gods. I know we see the characters that I recognize are from the left to the right. Majin Buu, uh, Mr. Satan, Super Saiyan Goten, Super Saiyan Gohan, which I'll get into in a minute because it doesn't actually doesn't make any sense. Uh, characters which looks like Yamcha, Tien, and Krillin, uh, Super Saiyan Vegeta, Super Saiyan Trunks, Piccolo, and Bulma. And a female character on the left, which might be Videl, but might not be. But in a lot of Japanese text underneath. So this looks, uh, just right off the bat, just from judging on this image, what you, th- I mean, no, again, I'm asking somebody who doesn't know much about what comes later, but uh, any initial thoughts you have, Jesse, on this, uh, this image for the Battle for the Gods movie? Uh, the first thought is that everybody here is Super Saiyan, so it's clearly going to be a threat, which, yeah. um, I don't know where this is going to take place in the storyline, but. It it's not, it seems like it could be um, kind of on par with the level of you know the the level of threats that have been shown in the past, or at least you know the kind of kind of be its own mini uh, saga. Mm, yeah, um, from what I from what I've gathered, this takes place after the series ends. So this takes place after everything else. That's probably why Boo is there, and uh, why Rise of Super Saiyan. Um, the one thing that I take away from this, and I'm not, I'm not going to get too much into this, but like the one thing that really startled me uh, is the fact that like uh, the character in between, uh, uh, the character on Vegeta's right and our left, is Gohan at the end of the series as a Super Saiyan, and like without saying too much, he should not be a Super Saiyan. <laughs> that actually really startled me because like by the end of the series, there's a there's a, a specific thing that happens where. He never becomes a Super Saiyan, and that actually, like, really, like, what? Gohan? I, yeah, and uh, the character in Goku's clothes with, like, the orange and blue. Yeah, so he, he doesn't become, or he's he's not supposed to be a Super Saiyan at, at this point. He's not supposed to be a Super Saiyan. I'm not going to say whether, I'm not going to get too much into that, but in, the, in that stage in his life, he shouldn't be. 
and like this actually like we'll get into it later on obviously throughout the several months and episodes that we'll do this show but that really makes me uh kind of cringe because it was a pretty set in in the in the canon's rule at least at least on, on um rereading it um now since Toriyama is involved in this he might break that rule we might see why that that is what it is but until then I was I was pretty taken aback and I, I suppose it's not that all that big of a deal but to me this this shows a continuity error which is like eh, but again you know I've not seen it yet so I'm not rage quitting just yet <laughs> but uh, just yet. Yeah, I mean, but this is this is interesting because this will air on the same time as uh, apparently a new One Piece movie is coming out called One Piece Z, which I thought was interesting, and it will introduce two new characters who are whose names were revealed a couple of days ago. One is named Wiss, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right. And another name is Bills. Uh, and judging by like uh, on Consensus article, Bills is the purple cat Anubis looking thing, and Wiss is the blue one with the really weird looking hair it looks like he's out of the cartoon doug but um this definitely i mean if anything this looks not only just interesting but kind of weird and i like that because uh most of the pretty much every dragon ball z movie is a big fight movie this one seems to be a little more uh off the beaten track like it doesn't look to be so much dangerous and threatening as it is just really really odd and i'm not sure what to expect which is i think is a good thing it looks very very unexpected if that's a way to describe something so um Huh. Uh, we'll be covering this obviously after we cover the Boo Saga, and I suppose this will come right after that, which will be a so- <laughs> that's at least at 2015. So it'll be a while, but um, until then, like that's uh, what we have to look forward to: new Dragon Ball content. And now, do you think the end game here is a revival of the franchise, uh, like with a new series or anything? Because you have all this content seemingly to be you know pouring out out of nowhere. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's do you a, think someone has an idea of saying, "Hey, you know, let's test the water with a new movie," and you know, let's let's you know reinstate Kai? Well, it's interesting because well, the first thing of this that came out, because you know, the last the last Dragon Ball related thing was Dragon Ball GT, which which began in which ended in ninety seven, and the, the, there was nothing since then besides the video games. But like since then, they did uh they there was this uh this jump special, basically a thirty minute special called Son Goku and His Friends Return, which they did in 2009, which I I believe it was the 20th, it was the 20th anniversary of Dragon Ball Z. And uh, it was just, it was a breezy, like, you know, special. It was, it was fun. It actually did take place at the, at the end of the series. So it, it was the last time we saw those characters. And I, um, I believe they did really well. I'm not sure if that was the reason for, or that was testing the waters for DBZ Kai. Because Kai came right after that. And judging by the, the constant stream of content, I mean, these Dragon Ball Hero games, which again I've not played, but like they have a create a character mode and um, characters where you can play half Namekian, half Saiyan, you can become Super Saiyan, and it, it looks really fun. Um, all this new content that's been coming out that sort of adds to the franchise, I think, really does it. It does show that like they they might be pushing the waters, like and they might this might turn out to be a kind of thing where. Uh, I don't think I don't think Akira Tama is going to go back to the source material. I mean, or at least make more manga. I really mm-hmm. don't cuz I think he's 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 pretty com- he seems pretty comfortable doing either uh mini series like Neko Majin Z or Sandland or basically just do- designing video games. Like he he's the des- the main designer of the Dragon Quest games. So, I'm not sure I I really don't think that he's going to do the manga anymore. He might be involved in I know he's involved in this movie. But then again, I mean, they've made things like the episode of Bardock special, so they might re- not really need him. 
So that might be testing the waters and seeing what people will grab onto in terms of new content. And because this is in continuity, I think this is the strongest level, or this is the strongest way they can kind of see how hungry people are for new Dragon Ball Z. Because, you know, we've had games, we've had, you know, extra content. This is a full-on, uh, in-canon continuation of the story. So that is certainly something that, like that, uh, it's it's certainly something that that's to be noticed. It's like like we could never get away with this episode without mentioning this. So uh, I think I think that they are, it, all signs appear that they are uh, seeing what what sticks and what people are looking for in terms of Dragon Ball content. Do you think that the a a new series or a new manga done without Toriyama's like direct input would be accepted? Um, <laughs> it depends on the fan base. I don't, I don't know if American fans would really like that. Uh, but it depends. On, I don't know because uh, the episode of Barak thing wasn't done by um Toriyama. That was done by Naoshi. I really hope I'm getting the name right. And uh, then again, I mean, the Barak special was Toriyama's favorite thing out of the anime. That's why he kind of uh made a cameo in the manga. So that's probably why he. That's why she got his blessing to do that. I think that like I think that they would definitely make content without Toriyama's input, that, and and then add it to the canon at least. But what's it was it's kind of like hard. Like what's canon, what's not, always depends on the fan. Like um, Dragon Ball Online is is considered in canon because Toriyama says so. Basically, if Toriyama says so, then it is. But Toriyama cares so little about it, then it always depends on your personal perspective. Um, so I mean, I think that they could they could try to get away with it, but it, it would depends on how it would be received personally. Hmm. Um, I mean, personally for me, I really am, I am, I've, so many years I've gone on the, on the, on the idea that like if Toriyama has any input in it, then it, it counts, but I am not the person to say, you know, this Toriyama didn't do this, it automatically sucks, you know, I'm, I'm not, then again, I mean, I don't typically like GT or, uh, Dragon Ball Evolution or anything that doesn't have his direct involvement, but that's more of a, uh, of a, um, that's more of a quality thing than anything else it's like you know saying like you know either you don't like uh superhero movies with females in it or all superhero movies with females suck it's like that kind of thing yeah like, uh, your, your mileage may vary hmm interesting so uh yeah that's what we have to look forward to in the next uh year or so I'm, I'm looking forward to this honestly because it looks so odd it doesn't look like any movie that's ever been done before with Dragon Ball Z, and they specifically, they specifically named it Dragon Ball Z as in it takes place during Dragon Ball Z it's not uh, they've actually come out and said GT is not in canon when promoting this movie, which I thought was really interesting because because Toriyama didn't do it, that was sort of assumed, but it was never actually officially stated by Toy Animation until recently. So that was an interesting thing. But um, yeah, Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods. Uh, if you want to keep up with any more news on that, I again, I'll pimp Kanzeshu.com. Uh, That's where I get the info. And they're extreme, they're, if you can't rely on them, you can't rely on anybody. And um, uh, keep on the lookout for us to review that two years from now. Uh, so without further ado from the, uh, from the news cycle to uh, the feedback cycle, as I said before, we have a ton of emails and um, I, I have no regrets because I beg for them each month. So let's get the ball rolling and Jesse shall read the first one. So uh, let's hear who, whoever has, whoever is emailing has to say. First we have, let's see. Adam Trimbach. Oh, okay. I didn't have a name on it. So, Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. First we have Adam Trimbaugh. Uh, he's emailed us before, correct? Oh, yeah, a couple of times. That's right. That's right. 
He he says, "Hey guys, it's me again. I just love seeing these emails. I just love sending these emails. Hope I'm not being a pain." Not Absolutely at all. Not. Continue, please. <laughs> Point one. This week, following on from Fred Hickey's email last month, I want to agree that power levels mean nothing. They are one of my only gripes with the show as a whole. I feel they work okay up to a point where up to a point where Frieza transforms the first time and states his fighting power is at a million. What is up with that? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I kind of I, I kind of went. Uh, Go ahead. It seems like he went out the door quickly. Like, okay, you know, oh, he's over 9,000, all of a sudden a million. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll see power levels one more time uh, next month, but really, they, they did kind of, I think the last hurrah of power levels was when Goku was powered up against Ginyu, because then, like, most of the scouters were broken. And it's a shame, too, because it was, it was an interesting way to gauge their power level, but I think you can see the way Toriyama kind of put himself in a hole. I think he actually has mentioned that in an interview, that, like, he had to keep on, he had to keep count of who, was what strength and what strength was powerful. So I think they were a good idea, but like I think that they were done as best as they could without just kind of getting uh, redundant. Yeah. So it was a nice idea, but it, it only had a certain shelf life. Only a couple of episodes before we before, beforehand, people had power levels under 20,000 or 200,000, I'm sorry. And even that was crazy compared to under 50,000 levels on Earth. <laughs> Personally, I think a million would make more sense in his final form's power. <clears throat> I agree. I mm-hmm. think that's a good, a good, a good uh, cap to put on his power level. Because I mean, you, you have to go and estimate. Okay, you know, if, if that's his what, second form's at a million, then his final form would be what? You know. I should say that, like, uh, I know that there are fan power levels that are estimated, and the popular fan power levels that like. Frieza at 100% is like 12 million, and Super Saiyan Goku is like 15 million. But again, those are like uh, fan estimations, so take them for what they're worth. So, uh, how do they come up with these? Are these like I have no idea fan, you know, <laughs> fan equations they're typing out? I think they kind of guess do the guesswork, um, and I, I I think those are pretty cool. But like it does. The more and more that uh, they kind of like go up and up, the kind of crazier it gets. So uh, I'm, I'm not. But I mean, when I was really into GBZ and like, like looking up everything I could, those were really fun. Like see like down in like you know the cell saga and the boo saga, where who was where, and they would kind of vary. But um, it's I mean when you start to take it seriously, it's just number adding, and it gets really confusing. <laughs> At least when I try to do it. He goes on to say, I think the reason that the writers made. The- Made his power level that high was so that they could write the concept out of the show. Could write this concept out of the show, which always has bugged me because after this, everyone simply states, "I've never sensed a power level, a power like this before." Uh, I think they do kind of get more generic with it, but yeah, that's 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 a trope of DBZ that gets old, and by the end of the series, we get tired as hell. <laughs> Look out for this, because trust me, you could make a drinking game out of it. I wouldn't advise that. <laughs> that's a dangerous game you might be drinking. He says, uh, he goes on, point two, this may be, this may get some haters, but I'm sorry to say that I think natural Saiyans are a-holes. <laughs> the whole point of Goku and why he is so powerful is that he is an unstoppable fighting race that has been brought up with love and care of humans. He is the best of both worlds, so yeah, I think the Saiyans are a bit of a schoolyard bully race in general. What do you think? Um, we talked about that kind of in the past. I think, um, I think I, I agree with that. I mean, Goku's shown to be the way he is due to his human upbringing and i mean you juxtaposition that with vegeta who is shown to be a bully you know be a an a-hole as he says 
And he, I mean, the you know the big biggest factor there is the lack of being raised on Earth. I'd like to say. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I don't like it's it's hard for me to imagine a whole race of people just being generally evil. And Bardock, I think, is an interesting example. But uh, from what we're we're shown so little of like so many different Saiyans that uh, we'll see. Um, we'll, we'll I mean we'll we'll talk about this later on down, down the series. It, it, it's something that kind of comes up again. So, uh, but it's it's. It's easy to see that they're all evil, <laughs> or at least they're all jerks. Um, so I'm not going to argue with that point. I, I really can't in some, in some respects. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say they're all evil, but I will say that they all have negative character tra- traits that could yeah. lead themselves to being portrayed as evil to other races easily. Yeah, the ones that matter are all, are all jackasses. <laughs> uh, he goes on, side point, Super Saiyan Goku versus Superman. Who would win? Uh, <laughs> uh, t- t- 13 episodes and we're finally at this question. <laughs> Uh, I, I plead the fifth. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to um, take that question on to others who know more about both subjects. So, uh, unfortunately, I do not know enough. Maybe ask again. Ask again when we reach the uh, the end of DBZ. Yeah, there we go. We'll try that. So that was the end of his first email, and he emails in again. Just gotta say, Yabros forms about Frieza getting backwards, going backwards is great, opposite to my opinion, but damn it does work according to the sizes. I'll be keen to continue this discussion when the weather gets a bit cooler. Oh. <laughs> Peace out. Pun well taken. We'll, we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, I'm not, I don't know if Jesse knows what I'm talking about or not, but we will soon enough, very soon enough, next episode. Um, thank you very much, Adam. Uh, our next email is from one Jan Roman Pakula. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that uh, correctly because I believe he's from the Netherlands. Yes, he is. Uh, And Jan uh, starts off saying, Hey, Don and Jesse, or hey, Jesse and Don. I don't like to play favorites. At the start of this year, something unexpected happened to me. I rediscovered a franchise which I had almost forgotten existed. I was listening to an episode of the Spider-Man Crawl Space when I heard Don mention that he was going to start up a new podcast with some guy named Jesse Garrett. And the subject of this particular podcast would be Dragon Ball Z. I got excited right away. You see, I've been a huge DBZ fan at the start of this century, but I stopped watching the show around the Perfect Cell Saga. This is not because I didn't enjoy the show anymore, but mostly because of the lack of time. And so it's only been 10 years since I have Dragon Ball on the brain. Then your podcast happened. And after listening to the first couple of episodes, my interest for the Dragon Ball franchise grew and grew like never before. Thank you. (laughs) I was hoping that was going to happen. Uh, and all the fun memories of watching the show in the early 2000s came flooding back to me. God, how I loved Goku and his friends. I made the decision then and there to, to go to our mutual friend, Mr. Tor Rent, <laughs> to download all the episodes available and to start watching them in order. But then it occurred to me that I had watched the original Dragon Ball first. All 153 episodes and the three movies as well. I wanted to have the complete Dragon Ball experience. So, on March 10th of this year, I watched the premiere episode of the original Dragon Ball. And as I got closer to the series, I finally promised you guys via Facebook that I would send you an email with my thoughts on the series as a whole once I finished it. And that time is now. First off, I really like this series. The animation is nice, the Funimation dub is very well cast, and the original music, although repetitive, is catchy and suits the scenes properly. The funny thing is that the tone of the show changes drastically over the course of the episodes. It does. It starts off as a children's cartoon, although the sense of humor is a bit weird. Master Roshi likes to touch women's boobs. Oolong the pig pig shapes ships into a pair of panties for Bulma to put on. And young Goku pats people on their private parts just to see what sex they are. 
all in all, a bit strange, but still very fun to watch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Dragon, Dragon Ball, I don't, I don't know if I've said this before, but Dragon Ball, is, as much as it is lighthearted, it's also rather perverted. And it kind of gets away from that <laughs> as as the show goes on, but it's rather weird. Uh, but it explains why characters like Ulan and Master Roshi are in Dragon Ball Z. But as Dragon Ball pro- progresses, it starts to get a little bit more serious, and the fights get more brutal and less played for laughs. And once Goku finally reaches adulthood in episode 133, this show really gets the feel of Dragon Ball Z. One thing I really loved to see was how all the main characters met and how their relationships grew. Each time a familiar character made his grand entrance, I gave a silent cheer. Who would have thought that the sight of Yajirobe would bring such a smile to my face? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Not me, that's for sure. All the main stories were pretty solid, but unfortunately some of the filler episodes were kind of meh. The series' final five episodes are a perfect example of this. Once Goku beats Piccolo, or Junior as he's called then, in the tournament, spoilers, he and his bride, Chi-Chi, go off on a little adventure that really feels anticlimactic and unnecessary. But I guess going out with a bang is overrated. Yeah, and in the manga, after Goku beats Piccolo and wins the world tournament, again, spoilers, uh, he and Chi-Chi uh, fly off and get married off-screen. Uh, in the anime, they fly off and go on this wacky goose chase and get married in the very last episode. In case anybody wanted to know about that. Hmm. Um, uh, but Jen uh, concludes, but here I am. After almost eight months, I'm finally ready to rewatch DBZ for the first time since probably 2002, and I couldn't be more thrilled. And when I catch up with you guys in the next couple of months, you can be sure to receive another email from me with new thoughts and probably a lot more ramblings, just like this time. I love the podcast, so keep up the good work. I'll be along for the ride till the bitter end. Your pal from the Netherlands, Jan Roman. Thank you very much, Jan. That was uh, that was that, It's fun to hear people. I'm glad that we, uh, Jesse and I, inspired you to just go back from the beginning and have uh, different reactions to certain things. So, I'm, I was, that was a, that was a fun email to hear from. Oh yeah, it sounds like he's having a blast. So. Absolutely, absolutely. So, and, I, and we, I, I have followed him on Facebook and see like he, he says episode this and it says yeah. So it's, that's always fun from him. And our next email is from one Reginald Barnes Jr. And uh, as Jesse will say, he writes, "Dear Next Dimension." I really love the in-depth discussions. Thank you. I found out about your podcast two weeks ago and have lis- have listened have been listening to an episode every day since then. Wow. Mm. <laughs> uh, you guys are that good. Uh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. So. Hey. <laughs> Any praise we get, I love it. Because whenever I talk about DBZ to my peers, they mostly assume it to be a show where there's never anything but screaming and powering up. <laughs> but you guys have proven that DBZ is much m- more deeper and complex than non-fans assume. Characters like Vegeta can vouch for that. Keep up the good work. If you make it to DBGT, God help your poor souls. Your new fan, Reginald Barnes. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I'm still not decided whether we want to do that or not. I, I don't, there's so much Dragon Ball Z content, we might not. But uh, yeah. if we're feeling ma- rather masochistic, or, or if Jesse shows up interest, then uh, this is only 64 episodes. So uh, we might, but uh, as of now, that's a long way away. Okay, our next email is from Alun Tyler. And uh, his title reads, Even My One-Year-Old Listens. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Oh, man. Hey, Jesse and Donovan. Firstly, I'd like to say that I'm loving the podcast. And yes, my one-year-old son listens to the show with me and instantly stands up and starts to dance whenever the theme tunes play. (laughs) That's pretty cool. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) 
My question to you is, do you think the main DBZ warriors are almost omnipotent or gods? After all, most of them surpass other gods like King Kai and Kami in terms of power. P.S. Check out a character called Muscle Man on a cartoon called The Regular Show on Cartoon Network. He's practically Yajirobe. Thank you for reading, Alun Tyler. Because um, when I think of Yajirobe, I think of Muscle Man. Yeah, for real, it's badass. Awesome. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm, I may have heard of The Regular Show. I don't really watch TV as much anymore, but like whenever I do catch... Uh, Cartoon Network commercial. I think that I I wouldn't I wouldn't know if if, I, if they said them, but uh, I may have heard of the regular shows. I might I might give it a look out for. But um, what do you think about this uh, question, Jesse? In terms of if the characters are omnipotent or even godlike? I could see in a metaphorical sense almost, but I do think it kind of underpins people like or undermines uh like King Kai and even Kami when you have Goku being stronger than all of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's like, oh yeah, these guys are gods, but Goku's going to be way stronger than anybody here. That's the thing, because Dragon Ball has a really odd hierarchy in terms of metaphysical deities. Like, I mean, in the Japanese version, they call Kami... I mean, the word Kami translates to heaven or god, I believe. That's like That, that was the idea. Then we introduced the King Kai, who's uh, lore of the northern galaxy. Uh, and later on down the series, we're going to be introduced to even more like, like people higher than them. And... Um, from the looks of Battle of the, of the Gods, we're seen to be people even higher than the people later on down the line. So, it's, it's de- I mean, uh, I don't know if Toriyama's a polytheist or anything, but I think he has fun with the idea of people who are so powerful that they defy uh, existential reality. Um, and certainly because people can blow up planets. I think that's, I think Dragon Ball Z is not so much a show about, <laughs> it's really not a show about religion as it is a show about, I don't know, aspirations and setting one's goals and getting more powerful. So I think that the whole gods thing sort of just factors into that as opposed to like uh, any sort of, I don't know, theistic uh, statement to make. Yeah, I agree. So, um, And Alun writes back. He says, hey guys, after reflecting on my first email, maybe it's too soon to assume that the DBZ fighters are stronger than King Kai at the point you guys are in the series, as I was only on episode three or four when I wrote that. I'm now caught up with through addiction to the show, so scrap that question. Too late. okay here's my new question how was Krillin even able to blast a hole through Vegeta even if he let his guard down I'm sure Vegeta has withstood stronger attacks I came to the conclusion that the more powerful you were the more damage your body could withstand unless Vegeta was able to alter his DNA or skin cells to let Krillin's blast penetrate both armor and flesh I would think the damage would have been minimal this may be a silly question but I like to ask the pros what they think I'm sure you've never given it a second thought as it is nitpicking Thanks, Jesse and Donovan, and sorry for the crazy questions. Alun Tyler. Oh, no, no worries, man. So, yeah, nitpicking is what we do best, right? Absolutely. Uh, I, I think I would like to say that uh, if Vegeta let him, like, dropped his guard down per, you know, on purpose, that that would allow him to be wounded. Like, he has to, it's an it's a effort to basically make yourself as strong as you are and impervious to certain attacks. Is how I'd kind of take it. Yeah, I think that like at this point in the series, people are are people can like you know not be noticing and still be hit by something. You know, it's, it's sort of like roll, rolling with a punch. You know, if you roll with the punch that you expect, you can kind of uh, lessen the damage. Um, I, I just offhand, I remember in Dragon Ball, Piccolo caught Goku flat-footed and like like actually like shot a mouth beam at him, uh, which which heavily injured him. So like that's an instance of a character technically being stronger than the character who's attacking, but receiving damage from him so and it's also like you know 
Krillin cut off Frieza's tail, which is another example of like you know, like like cat, as long as you catch somebody off guard, ideally you can uh, destroy them. Uh, so thank you for that question, Alun, and from uh, Gabe Vollmer, uh, as Jesse shall say, he writes. Hey guys, your show is great. I've been watching since episode one. So far, I'm on episode twelve, but still, I have one question: How often are the movie episodes from Gabe? Uh, yes, how often are the movie episodes, Don, since you do the schedule? Well, it's funny you should, uh, mention that, because, uh, this is the last episode that we're becoming the Freezer Saga, and if you remember, when we covered episodes, uh, or the movies one and two, that was after we had ended the, um, the Saiyan Saga, so I have on the docket, and I'll say this now, that, like, within two weeks, you shall get, uh, for a Christmas present... You shall get uh, two episodes of The Next Dimension, and the next one shall be our movie special episode two. We shall be covering uh, three this time. We'll cover movie three, The Tree of Might, movie four, Lord Slug, and movie five, uh, Cooler. So um, be on the lookout for that. Uh, it'll be released before Christmas, definitely. We, we, Jesse and I have things to do in our, in our civilian identities. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll become the, expect that within the, at least two weeks after this episode airs. And typically, ideally, I have on the schedule that, at least for the movies, not for the specials, but for the movies, we'll have covered them after each saga. Um, that might change, because, depending on where uh, lulls in the sagas happen. But uh, ideally, I, I do have them written down when, when we'll cover, like, Brawly and, um, and uh, the, uh, the BoJack movie and uh, basically, basically every other movie. Ideally, in between saga coverage, but uh, that could change. But uh, you can expect uh, our next movie special to be the episode right after this one. And our next email is from our most frequent emailer, Daniel Yarbrough. <laughs> Shut yourselves in. <laughs> Daniel writes, uh, this email will last five minutes. <laughs> hey, Donovan and Jesse. Wow, you guys, have you guys been really at this for a year already? Time sure flies. It doesn't feel like I've been bugging, I mean, emailing you for that long. But I just have to say, you guys are getting better all the time, and I'm excited to see how you cover the rest of the series and the years to come. Thank you. So last time I emailed you, wondering which character I thought was the most developed. Last time I emailed you, you wondered which character I thought was the most developed in this series, and honestly, I don't really know. I'll concede at that point that you guys, to you guys, that uh, Vegeta has the most development given to him. My argument is that. My argument is more that I don't think by the end of the series he has that much character development, relatively. Off the top of my head, I would say that that goes more to Piccolo and Gohan in my book. But the reason I don't think that Vegeta has much character development is to, at me at least, the core of Vegeta never really changes. He's always a self-centered jerk who cares about himself above everything else. His tastes and priorities do change over the series, but that self-centered core never really changes, so it's hard for me to say that he really develops or grows beyond a character to a certain point. It's one of the main reasons he's never been one of my favorites. He's fun to watch, but there's so many times that I just want someone to hit him. Um, I, I disagree. I think that, like, Vegeta's uh, priorities are, are do change. I mean, I, I really do think that, like, I mean, his personality doesn't really deviate, but I think that, like, in terms of what he cares about and what he's willing to fight for absolutely changes by the end of the series. I mean, I think that, like, uh, and I, I, I really don't want to, like, you know, spoil things because what happens later on in the series can be so drastic that I think it would kill the anticipation. So um, I think Vegeta changes drastically by the end of the series, enough in terms of how a character can change but i would i won't deny that gohan and piccolo receive character development later on uh especially in our episodes of 2013 that we'll be covering 
but um, we we can always continue this conversation later on down the line. I think up to this point, I think by the, by the episodes that we're covering now, um, Vegeta's changed, but I think also Goku has changed in how he's become a Super Saiyan. Yeah, I do think that's more than simply a physical change mm-hmm. to him. Absolutely. And especially uh, with some of the stuff we'll get into, you know, later in this episode, uh, some of the uh, stuff he has to do, basically, it, it kind of, t- I think it's going to take its toll on him. I think it's going to affect his personality. Right. Yeah, we'll definitely see about that. Daniel continues. I have to say that the scene of the newly Super Saiyan Goku yelling at Gohan has always disturbed me. <laughs> it's just really, it seems really out of character, which I guess is the point. With all the other signs of Goku fighting his new Super Saiyan nature, him being more aggressive and more battle-hungry, I can still see it as just the extremes of Goku's character. Yelling at Gohan just does not feel right, and has always bothered me as being too far from what Goku is, who he is, even as a Super Saiyan. Um, I just, I, I, again, that's that's one of my favorite scenes of the Freeza Saga, because it illustrates how far he's been pushed. Um, I think, if, if, if again, if he did that all the time, it would get old and would lose his luster, but, like, I think, as an example of his new persona... Um, him snapping at Gohan, saying "Don't talk back to your father," is so anathema to how he usually is that I really do enjoy it on that level. But I can see, I can see how it is a bit disturbing because Goku usually is just not that harsh to Gohan or anybody. Yeah, like, like him yelling at some, him yelling at his allies or his friends, we don't ever really see. So, him doing that to his own son is definitely surprising. But I, I, I like it because of that. But uh, free to disagree. Five minutes. I really don't need to say anything more, do I? <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> the answer to the question if Saiyans can breathe in space is a rather annoying and inconsistent one. I guess that the official answer is no, they can't. But that the show will continually slip up and do, show them doing it anyway. And not just Bardock, but if I remember right, I think there was more filler coming up with Vegeta showing him jumping around in space just fine. Yes. And of course, we have to completely forget the fact that Goku once used his power pole to drop a group of goons off to the moon where they are forced to make candy forever. Uh... <laughs> uh <laughs> That was, an, that was an early episode of Dragon Ball when it was still very much a uh, a, a comedy manga like, where nothing was being taken seriously. But yeah, if, if you saw <laughs> that, you, you would flip out. <laughs> I mean, like, Looney Tunes comedy. Like, in the first, like, four, four or five episodes. Um, anyway. Considering all the other filler to cut up during Frieza and Goku's fight, the fact that they didn't cut to Mr. Popo going off to gather the Dragon Balls it seems like a really wasted opportunity. Was Ch- seeing Chi-Chi and Roshi and the other Dragon Ball characters falling, failing to go into space really more important? Did we really need that many reaction shots of everyone watching the fight? Did Frog Boma do anything to advance the plot? I think Jesse would say yes. Yes. <laughs> sure, they're all fun filler, but we, could, could, we couldn't give five seconds of extra screen time to Mr. Popo with something that might actually help the story. It's because he's black, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Or maybe they just thought it was more dramatic to keep the Dragon Balls being brought into surprise you guys had a really good discussion about the whole plan to wish the namekians back and the rules of wishing people back from the dead i find it interesting that this was used as proof that the series was meant to end with the reasoning that the idea seemed to come from out of nowhere and they jump through so many hoops to make it work however i think an argument that can be made that if not perfectly executed toriyama could have planned it out for a while like the fact that Guru dies in the first place, which is set up right when we meet the character, leaving the dragon one wish unused. Why would he go to the trouble of setting all that up if he didn't plan on using that last wish later in the story? That's a good point. It could be argued that there really isn't a good wish to make after the first two, but then why would he have it set that Purunga could grant three wishes in the first place, as it could have easily been two? That's a good point in the fact that like there is leeway earlier in the series that uh, he comes back to later on. I actually didn't think about that. 
in terms of like you know was he meant to die? I actually that think that really does definitively kill the idea that Guru was uh, or the Great Elder was supposed to stay dead. Uh, let's see. Let's see that. As I joked earlier, the fact that we don't see or hear from Kami and Popo between the moment that Kami comes back and when he contacts King Kai about the Dragon Balls could be seen not as one of Toriyama's usual lapses of memory, but may have been a storytelling decision to try to make a big surprise for the audience as possible when it comes up. The debate about wishing Guru back, well, I'm rather stumped to think of any way, other way it could have worked out. You really can't have Frieza kill off Guru himself because he has to die in the middle of a wish, so you have Nail stalling him, and you can't have Frieza fly back there when he learns that the others how to summon the Dragon Ball, because Frieza isn't that dumb. So Guru pretty much has to die his own way, that, that he did the only way that he did for the story to work as it does. Actually, given a major story element that comes up in the next saga, I can see why Toriyama would want to set up a rule about the natural deaths ahead of time. Personally, I never had any trouble buying the explanation for Guru coming back with the wish, even if it is a bit of a stretch. After all, there are plenty of stories of heartbroken elderly parents dying after the loss of their children or grandchildren, where your children are just not your children, but essentially what's left of your entire race. I can see that being the cause of death. One last note on the rules for wishing people back from the dead, and perhaps Donovan could correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the idea of having to wish back somebody within a year, not even a rule at first, but something they had to do because that was how long they were able to keep the bodies of their friends fresh before they started to turn into rotting corpses? <laughs> I have not heard of that before. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall. I don't, I don't remember a lot of... I've only seen Dragon Ball a handful of times, so I don't remember a lot of like the kind of nitty-gritty in terms of the wishes. And also because the red ribbon arc is really long, <laughs> but uh, that could be. I don't. I don't. I really don't remember. I might come back later on and, and confirm that. But as of as of this moment, I would have to look back on that. I'm not sure. I do know that like there is a year that like the Dragon Balls need a year to regenerate, which I think they kind of like go back and forth on. Gosh, Goku, you better win this because I sure hate to think what would happen if Frieza got away with you after you basically told him all the Dragon Balls are now on Earth. He's <laughs> I, as Donovan Reed's yanking his collar. <laughs> I got to say, I love the theory you guys threw out that there could be more dragons on the other planets where Namekians have gone to. It makes perfect sense with the series and would be just a really cool thing to see happen. So I think that I might be using that in my own fan work if you guys don't mind. Uh, Jesse came up with the idea, so ask him. Uh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, yes. I give you permission. Uh, okay. <laughs> Never had that happen before, so. <laughs> Copyright Jesse Garrett. Yeah, yeah. I am surprised you guys didn't dis discuss the change of Goku's big I am a Super Saiyan speech, although you did play different versions of it. I just remember that it was always being a big sticking point for the purists in the chapters of the dub. Personally, I never minded the whole ally to good, nightmare to you line. I just thought it always sounded unfinished. It would like be like having Batman saying, I am vengeance, I am the knight, and just stopping there. You can do it that way, but it's not as satisfying as finishing off with I am Batman or I am a Super Saiyan. Uh, did you listen back to the last episode, Jesse? Did you hear those different versions? Yes. What did you think? Or which one did you prefer? I thought it was... I, I do kind of agree with them. It did kind of sound not stilted, but I think I preferred that one. The Which one? The uh, the ally to Good Nightmare You one? Or the yes. one where he says I'm... Just because that was like an awesome line. <laughs> That's true. It, and it, it does... Like I even thought of Batman like you were saying, you know, I am I am Vengeance, I am the Knight. It's like, it it kind of comes off that way. Like Goku is in complete control by this point, you know? Right. Uh, I remember that being a very iconic moment of the Funimation dub, where um, I personally wasn't, I'm not sure if I was really sold on that line. Like, Nightmare to You sounds really kind of weird, but is Goku definitively saying, like, like you, are, you aren't going anywhere anymore, I'm going to stop you. And that, that is a cool thing. I think Goku 
uh, in the original version saying, like, I am the Super Saiyan, that's effectively him accepting his Saiyan heritage, which I think is kind of nice on that level. Um, and apparently, because I don't think they ever say it in the Funimation dub, his full name being Son Goku, from what I hear, and because in the Kai version he says that, uh, Sean Schimmel insisted on the original line being, I am Son Goku, the Super Saiyan, being in the Funimation dub, which I thought was pretty cool to hear, because I think, I really do think that, like, that's mainly a Japanese thing, uh, and not really ever, something ever said in the, in the English dub, but that's neither here nor there. I, I'm not sure if I have a preference, because, uh, um, it, it's it's a it's a solid scene. I'm I'm not saying, I'm not gonna say it's a bad scene. I, that scene never really uh struck hard to me as it did with other people. I think that like, uh, I enjoy uh f- uh the original versions Frieza, with um Linda Young, I believe her name is uh, her voice of Frieza saying, "What what are you better?" But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, you can use. But that makes a good segue to answering your question you guys posed on your site. Which is my preferred version of DBZ? Personally, I like honestly like all of them and for different reasons. The original Japanese version is, well, that's just the original, so you can't beat that. But I don't speak Japanese and can only read, enjoy reading subtitles for so long that it's not a version of the series I can get, uh, I can get as engrossed in because of the language barrier, and that's just the way it is. The Ocean Dub will always have a special place in my fanboy heart, and some of the voices in that version to me are still the best they would ever be for that character. But the edits are still bad, not every voice is perfect, and I don't sadly see their version of the entire series. Kai, I think, particularly Funimation's dub, is the leaner of the more pure version of the series and has the benefit of their experience in learning from all the mistakes of previous dubs. But the fact that it skips out on the entire last saga, not anymore, <laughs> and some voice casting changes that I just can't forgive keep it from being superior keep it from being the superior version to me. So that pretty much leaves the original Funimation dub as my preferred version. Mostly because, at least with the season box sets, you do get every scene and every episode, and I've always wanted to get as much out of the series as possible as I can, even if a lot of it is filler. Even the dub itself with its constant talking, which can often be annoying or just dub add-ons, adds a lot of fun and charm and little character insights that you just don't get anywhere else. It's not the perfect version of the series, but it's the one that I get the most enjoyment of out of of watching. I I might comment on that a little bit later. Well, according to my Frieza watch, that should be five minutes worth of rambling. <laughs> Fix your watch. <laughs> oh, it is Frieza's watch, so there you go. Seriously, congratulations on you guys on a full year and a really good podcast. Thank you. It, it has certainly been one of my favorites. It will become one of my favorites, and I'm glad to see your endeavor is showing success. I can't wait to see where you go from here. You keep on podcasting, and I'll keep on bugging you with long-winded emails. And since this will likely be in your December episode, let me say a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to both you and all of your listeners. Sincerely, Daniel Yarbrough. Thanks, man. That was... That was it wouldn't be a, a year-long anniversary episode without an email from Daniel. and uh, He's our most fervent uh, emailer, so much obliged. Yes, thank you very much. Absolutely. Uh, two more. <laughs> two more emails. This one comes in, as I'm sending to Jesse, uh, from Sean Saboleski. So... He writes... What does he say? Alright, Sean says, Hey guys, I love your podcast. I'm on episode 9 so far, and I'm really enjoying your comments on it. I also enjoy the bits of audio from Ocean Dub, Funimation Dub, Kai, and even the Abridged series. If nobody nobody has asked you this yet, what do you think of Dragon Ball Evolution? Like most Dragon Ball fans, did you hate it? Also, what do you think the sequel will be like, better or worse? Keep up the great work. From Sean, a.k.a. Wind curb level nine thousand and one. 
Dragon Ball Evolution, okay. Um, you've not seen that, have you? I have seen maybe uh, 30 minutes of it that I caught in the break room at work. Mm. I've never felt the desire to track down the rest of it. Yeah. Um, I've actually never watched all of it myself. I've seen clips on, on uh, YouTube and other uh, websites. Um, you know, I, I do have to say that, like, uh, I can tell that, like, they, they tried to capture the, the Dragon Ball franchise and really make it a franchise. I was reading when they were making the movie that, like, they were trying to, like, have this set up. They tried, because the movie is mainly Dragon Ball. Like, that's why they call it Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z, because it involves more Dragon Ball characters. Um, like, um, the original Piccolo, uh, Mai, for some reason. Um, and they have Yamcha and uh, Goku and Bulma and Chi-Chi be the main characters. Chi-Chi has a way bigger role than she does in the series. She's played by, like, um, I forgot the woman's name, but she was from the real world. <laughs> I don't know. Really? Wow. Yeah. I I actually watched that. I don't really watch the real world that much, but I did watch that season, and she went on being Chi-Chi. Um, I actually think she's in uh, that, that new Rizza movie, uh, The Man with the Iron Fist. Anyway. Yeah, I've only caught the, the odd snippets of it. It it looks like it's crap. Uh, I'm, I don't hold anything against the guys. Like, I don't think, I'm not, you know, saying, I didn't say betrayal, but I'm not, I wasn't trying to kill them or anything. I wasn't like, you know, these guys suck. I think that they have their hearts in the right place, but... I'm not sure if Dragon Ball is really filmable on a live-action basis. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, I kind of echo that statement in that I don't bash any of the actors because I think they went in attempting to do the best they probably could with the material. Yeah. And even you know, even from like a script-writing level, I doubt that was where the problem was. I think it was just the what the studio wanted probably was probably to cash in on it. And the the budget that just wasn't there for it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can never. I can you imagine like them doing the episode where Namek explodes and like you know Frieza dies and that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's Dragon Ball. I don't think is you know. I, I mean, even most of the really popular types of anime franchises like Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball. I mean, even Yu Hakusho. I mean, if anything, you would probably have to like get a a sports manga series to adapt, like Hajime no Ippo or. Or, you know, uh, Prince of Tennis or something. Because those are, you know, live action. Or even Death Note. Because Death Note involves a very, you know, the supernatural. But on a very low-key scale. And mostly uh, human characters. I mean, that actually has live ad- live action adaptations. And it looks pretty good from what I've seen. Dragon Ball Z. I mean, like for, for, for just right off the bat. You can't have somebody. No one looks like Goku. Because of his hair and his uh, musculature. Justin Chatwin tried his best by having his hair spiked out. But, like, it just, I mean... You can only do so much before it, it it comes off as like you know. And I remember a lot of people were griping that oh they cast a white guy as Goku, right? And if you got I mean if you're gonna Americanize a series, I have no problem with that, but don't cast a bunch of other Asian people around him. That yeah, that's that's the thing. Like uh, I think Goku is actually kind of fair game because he it's technically not really Japanese because he is a Saiyan. Yeah. But at the same time, it's such a Jap it's it's such a he's he's a Japanese icon. So that does actually, that would literally be like, you know, casting some, well, I mean, like, I say that having them cast British Henry Cavill as the next Superman, and I don't really care about that, but I, it's it's hard to capture what the Japanese love about Goku in an actor like Justin Chapman. I mean, I'm not saying that he's a bad actor, I'm just saying that, like, I'm not sure if the people who made the movie knew what they were going to get into. I mean, the lady who played Boma, like, had one stripe of hair dyed blue, as opposed to her whole scalp, and it's like, what? Why not just dye her whole hair? People have blue hair. I mean, as weird as that sounds, people do dye their hair in different colors. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna, 
don't do the fan service of one stripe of hair. As opposed to just doing, you know, if you're going to go all out, do do it, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, in the, that's in the that, that's the thing, though. That was something that they could have done. That wasn't, like, you know, out of the realm of possibility. They could have had, like, a dark blue or something. But, like, uh, from what I've gleaned upon, the things I like is that I appreciate that they had, they were doing from Dragon Ball's perspective. They started out with Goku and his grandfather. Uh, they actually had the Dragon Balls. Um, and they had the original Dragon Ball cast, which was Goku, Yamcha, Bulma, and um, Chi-Chi a little bit. Uh, and Master Roshi. They actually had uh, Chao Yun-Fat as Master Roshi. They didn't put a beard on him for no reason. And he wasn't wearing sunglasses, but he was... No Krillin, though. No Krillin. And they could have... I mean, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. I, that, that part... Somebody clearly liked the series enough to make a movie about it. But, like, you can't have Goku be in high school. You can't, you can't have Chi-Chi find the clone of herself. You know? You can't have, like... You can't introduce a Saiyan out... It's the Saiyan uh, timeline. You can't have the Kamehameha being a healing move, which I saw on a YouTube clip and threw up. Uh, well, I know he does use the Kamehameha, the Kamehameha at the end of the, the movie. Yeah, I, 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 and actually it looks pretty cool from how he's charging up, but, but, but this is basically I'm going to review. But, like, I remember, I remember the shot. Like, he, he charges up Kamehameha, and it actually looks really awesome. But then, like, he somehow, like, flies towards Piccolo. <laughs> and a hideous effect, like... It's 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 like they get like like they they take like two steps forward and like ten steps back. Yeah, uh, Piccolo. Uh, I think I remember originally the film Piccolo wasn't even green. Yeah, I think and it was white or something. They went back in like post production and like tinted him green. How do you how do you screw that? It's so basic. I, I mean. Yeah, like you were saying, they had Shao Yun Fat. They had him. They had James Marsters as Piccolo, who I love as an actor, and I'm like, okay, him as a villain, you really can't go wrong, but. Oh, they yeah, went as, wrong. They gave him nothing to do. And <laughs> yeah, as 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 evil King Piccolo, that was actually perfect casting. I think James Marsters. I mean, that's that's really good. I mean, like you know, you don't need to cast a Japanese guy for the aliens, but because I, mean, I, I think that like the only person who was actually of Asian or uh, Asian nationality was the dude who played Yamcha and um, uh, the woman who played Chi Chi, and I think the woman who played Mai, who like is is working for Piccolo as opposed to Emperor Pilaf. But I guess that's that's like you know. Uh, and that's not as, as important as, you know, putting Goku in high school. Like, when I saw a commercial and I saw Goku at a high school party, I was like, I'm not seeing that. <laughs> uh, I was of the age where, like, you know, I was I was not going to just see anything just because it was Dragon Ball, you know. I had a, uh, I remember when I was watching, you know, what I saw the film, I was like, that's supposed to be Yamcha? Like, even I knew that wasn't what Yamcha looked like at all. Yeah, I think it's too old. I mean, I, I thought he looked all right, but, like, it was, it was, ah. And again, you don't you don't have to have the floating Pawar cat run around and behind it, but like, again, if you're going to translate, it's it's a very th- different thing. It's one thing to translate a comic book to a cartoon, but it's another thing to translate a comic book with that crazy stuff to a movie, a live action movie at that. I mean, there there actually is like I believe it's a Chinese uh, movie about Goku uh, that's in live action. I think that's even worse. That I've, I've actually seen that in store uh, when Suncoast used to exist, but um, I don't, I don't know. It's and uh, in terms of a sequel, I, I actually was corrected because I thought that there was a sequel coming out, but someone said that that was like an article that was done when the movie first came out. And as, as of now, there's no word of a sequel, which, thank God in heaven, because I, I really do think that that would be bad. Uh, I remember my brother and I actually, before, I think one of the reasons I actually uh, came up with the idea to start this podcast was because my brother and I one time stayed up all night actually thinking of a way to do a Dragon Ball Z live action trilogy. And... Even at our most best, you have to cut out a lot of stuff. 
just to make it just to make it flow. Like it just if you want to have like the whole Saiyan Frieza thing, you need to you need to sl uh, slash and hack things like left and right. And again, I mean, and, and it depends on the fan because the fan might like that. It might you know like, like how how dare you not have Dodora there or you know how dare you have Gohan and Piccolo's training be so short or something something like that. You know it. We need at least two hours of it. Yeah, it, it's it's if. It could if it was done like a Lord of the Rings thing, even that would be like pushing it. But I don't think it can be done. If it can be done, I w it would be awesome to see it done and being done really well. But as of now, in, in this moment in history, I don't think it doesn't lend itself well to, to film. I don't think. And uh, I mean, people said that about you know certain like comic book movies and stuff. So maybe you know maybe twenty years from now. You know, it could it could be done. Maybe filmmaking techniques and what the audience expects will be so different that you could get away with it. But, but yeah, currently I agree. I don't think it would be feasible successfully. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's like a live-action miniseries for TV because that's apparently like a big thing catching on now. But even that... Now that I would watch. This I don't know. Yeah, that'd be, that, I think that would be cool. Do a saga as your entire series, you know. Absolutely. Like branch it out and let it run a couple seasons. And you could do that, like, because that would, that would be a great way to start off with, like, you know, the original Dragon Ball, hunting for the Dragon Balls, to the tournament, to the Red Ribbon Arc, to the tournament, <laughs> to Piccolo, to the tournament, and then to the Saiyan Saga and Freeze Saga and all that stuff. Like, that would build up characters and, like, just the way they did it, but, like, you know, if you want to have... But then again, I mean, the personalities are actually kind of broad, so could you have somebody as irritating as Chi-Chi and Bulma and somebody as stupid as Goku and, ex and then buy that from a live-action audience? And it, <laughs> it, I think it's an interesting question. Um... Now I have on my schedule that like I have literally written down if Jesse feels like it, we'll cover DBZ evolution at the very end of the of our podcast life. But uh, that's ten, that's on a tentative schedule. So like you know we could do that or do a commentary for that. That might actually be fun commentary, but <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. It's 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 not set in stone. Let's just say that. And I, I kind of sprung that on him. I don't know. <laughs> oh yes, that that would be a, a glorious adventure. Mm. We might invite Daniel for that one. <laughs> like, yeah, you can do commentary, and it's going to be on evolution. What? <laughs> uh, that's, that'll be the last email we'll hear from him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Um, this has been running long. Uh, our final email is from a man called Jacob Music. At least that's how he's uh, addressing himself. Uh, Mr. Music says, My thoughts on the Freed Saga. My thoughts on the end of this saga is that I think this was one of the most imp one of the most important sagas in Dragon Ball Z. I think this is because it shows the first Super Saiyan appearance and shows how the Saiyans turn into them. And it also explains how Planet Vegeta was destroyed, but I think Goku should not have showed mercy to Frieza. I'm also glad he did because it made the end even more interesting. And I think that's, uh, thank you, Jacob. I think that's as, as perfect as any any uh, segue to segue into our coverage of the Frieza saga. Before we get into it, because we've been going so long, I was sick in a promo. And uh, when we get back, we shall end the Frieza saga and continue on with our uh, year-long coverage of Dragon Ball Z. Holy nightmare! So we all know who Robin is, right? Short pants, bad, holy insert object gear jokes, kind of weird relationship with an older man who dresses like a bat. I know, right? So not what Batman needs. Thing is, if that's your impression of Robin, then you don't know Robin. 
I'm Tom Panneries, and for most of my comic collecting career, I've been a Teen Titans fan. Moreover, I've been a huge fan of Robin and Nightwing, so I've decided to take a look at those who have worn the costume in a podcast miniseries called Taking Flight. Taking Flight focuses on the life and career of Dick Grayson as he evolved from Boy Wonder to Nightwing. I'll take a look at his origin story, his time with the Teen Titans, and his evolution into Nightwing. Along the way, I'll also look at Jason Todd and Tim Drake, stopping right after Zero Hour when Dick left the Titans behind. Episodes will come out just about every week at takingflight.podomatic.com, and you can find show notes at popcultureaffidavit.com. Join me as I take a look at Comic Dumb's most famous sidekick, who is a vital part of Batman's mythos. Twenty-seven years ago, the planet Krypton was destroyed. An infant boy and his cousin survived and have found a refuge here, on Earth. But they were not alone. Another scion of the House of El has arrived. Why is he here? What is his purpose? And how will Kal-El and Kara Zor-El respond? When faced with hell on Earth. The New 52 Adventures of Superman is a podcast that covers the current adventures of Superman and his family of characters. Join John Wilson, J. David Weeder, and guest host Charlie Niemeyer as they review and discuss this latest crossover adventure. The New 52 Adventures of Superman is available on iTunes and at new52superman.libson.com. Gathered together from the far reaches of the internet are assembled a network of podcasts dedicated to the first and greatest superhero, Superman. Superman. Superman Podcast Network is dedicated to covering all aspects of the Superman legend, featuring The Thrilling Adventures of Superman Golden Age Superman The Superman Fan Podcast Superman in the Bronze Age From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast The New 52 Adventures of Superman Superman Forever Radio I've got a few things to say about Superman the Kara's World Podcast. The Superman Vidcast. The world's best podcast. And Radio Kale from supermanhomepage.com. Join hosts Michael Bradley, John Wilson, Billy Hogan, Charlie Niemeyer, J. David Weeder, Jeffrey Taylor, Michael Bailey, Scott Gardner, Danny Sapp, Cayman Stoll, I'm Isaac, I'm Adam, Dave Eunice, and co host Scotty V. At supermanpodcastnetwork.com. this on yourself. It's a shame that your life had to end in such a miserable way. I wanted to save you, Frieza, but you wouldn't let me. And now you will have to share the fate of the planet Namek, which you yourself destroyed. I'm tired of fighting. I'm going home. 
Goodbye, Frieza. Please, help me. You can't leave me here. some of my own energy. You should be able to move. Go and do as you like with it. You're on your own now. And we're back. Previously on Dragon Ball Z, uh, the Namekian Dragon Perunga wished everybody on the planet from Gohan and Bulma to the resurrected Namekians and the Grand Elder to Vegeta onto Planet Namek. Uh, escaping the planet's eventual explosion. Everyone is safe on Earth while Goku and Freezer are the only ones left as they're counting down the several, several, several minutes until it explodes. So, Goku is looking forward to this because he's free to fight him without endangering anyone else's lives. And Frieza, having lost his wish at immortality, is just just really wants to kill him. So, the fighting commences and they, and they fight and fight and fight. And if you're wondering who's going to, who's going to win between... You know, the epic legendary Lord Frieza, who's rumored to be the most powerful in the universe, or the legendary Super Saiyan, who's rumored to be the most powerful in the universe. I'll give you the hint in a few words. It's basically uh, scene after scene after scene of Goku beating the shit out of him. <laughs> over and over and over again. After a while of, of Frieza basically getting his face pumped into the ground, at one point, Goku just has him on the ropes, stands up quietly and says, I'm done. I, I'm, I'm, stop, 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 stop. I'm done. I quit. This is over. Frieza's like, what do you mean it's over? What, what are you talking about? This is another one of your tricks. And goes, Goku says, basically, I don't really see the point in fighting you anymore. Your stamina and power are fading so fast it wouldn't even be a challenge. I'm satisfied. Your pride's been killed. You've met somebody who's stronger than you. And the worst part about it is, he's only a Saiyan. Isn't that right? If I leave right now, I can make it to my ship. I don't ever want to see your face again. Goodbye, Frieza. And he, he, actually, he actually manages to revert back to his uh, normal state. With the black hair and this, and this black spiky hair. And begins to fly away. <laughs> Ditching Frieza's face. Frieza is so insulted that he just... Don't you ever walk away from me? And throws uh, 
basically a version of uh, Krillin's <laughs> Destructo Disc, with only it's pink because it's Frieza, at Goku. He misses do- cutting him in half, but it does manage to graze Goku's uh, cheek just a little bit, so it is cut. And Goku's not so much hurt as he is really insulted. He's like, I don't believe this. I don't. Okay. Okay. I give you one last chance to live. And you do this to me. And um, for some reason, he turns into a Super Saiyan again. And just starts to fly around. Frieza uh, is continuing to throw out this uh, spherical... Uh, what would you call it? I guess, I guess an edge, cut-edged disc at him. Chasing Goku around. Says, Reminded oh, me oh. of the uh, Destructo disc. Yeah, that's, a, that's what it basically is, but his version. So... He's like running around saying, ha ha ha, it'll chase you to forever until you're cut. It'll never stop or slow down. And Goku's like, seriously? Seriously, this is the best you've got. All right. So, um, and Frieza says, oh, that's the, the best I got. You know, then why don't you try this on for size? So he makes two energy discs. So it's basically for a while, Goku's just kind of flying around. At one point, he, uh, he freezes onto his game of trying to get cut by having Goku... Goku's trying to have uh, Frieza get cut by his own discs. So Goku actually shoots an energy blast at the ground. So Frieza dodges the discs because of the smoke uh, from the energy blast. Jumps in the air. Gets smack- gets the smackdown from Goku, which is awesome. And just plummets back down to the ground. As he's as he's falling back onto the ground, he says, Damn you! And it's about to rise up as an energy disc comes up behind him. Goku says, Frieza, stay, stay down. Seriously, stay down. Don't get up. But it's too late. And Frieza's cut in half. Oh yes. Uh, and his body is cut in a way where he cuts into several pieces. Like, because of the way his arms and tail were, he's cut into like four or five different pieces. Like his part of his arm, his tail, his legs, and as his torso falls down, like his, his torso and one arm and a head are all in that's intact. He's like my own attack, but and just falls down. So, very decisively, the battle ends, and Goku is victorious. Goku looks at uh, his vanquished foe and uh, says, Well, I certainly didn't see this coming, even though you had this coming for, uh, to yourself for a while. I'm, I'm getting out of here now. Uh, goodbye, Frieza. <laughs> he might as well have spat on him. So he's walking away. Frieza, ever the scumbag Frieza, says, You know, I know I tried to kill you, but <laughs> please help me. Hmm. Please, please, please help. He's very, he's very, he's basically whispering, please help me. And, he, and Goku's still ignoring him. And he says, I beg of you. Then Goku stops cold. King Kai, on the other end of the universe, is saying, get out of there. Don't listen to him. And then Goku turns around yelling, help you. The way you helped everybody who begged for their lives and you killed them anyway. Like Krillin. So Goku is actually like in the moment of conflict and ends up, Shooting a blast of his own energy towards Frieza so he can escape the, the exploding Namek. So Goku says he did just that and says, here's enough energy for you to leave. Go off and think about what you've done. And um, Frieza starts to rise. He's, he looks around and says he's still alive and he starts laughing at Goku. He says, <laughs> you, th- you think I'll, I'll, I'll survive? But I'll, You think I'll survive and you'll, you'll live too? No, you're going to die. My phone keeps on going off. So, and Goku says, I'm not going to die and begins to fly off. Frieza, in his mind, says, you know, there is no one who faces Frieza and lives. I am the ultimate being in the entire universe. No one shall escape me. I am Lord Frieza. And as Goku flies off, Frieza just reaches back and shoots a huge energy blast at Super Saiyan Goku. 
Goku turns around, again is pissed off at the utter gall Frieza has to attack him after he gave him energy to live. Screams, you fool! And just shoots back all the way uh, towards uh, a blast of energy that Frieza can't even handle. Frieza's caught and is just blasts smithereens, just completely blown away. And is there's none of them left to be seen. He's he's totally dead for real, guys. We swear this time. Uh, Goku looks on and just looks back and flies off. King Kai uh, uh, on his planet uh, reports to the other uh, Z fighters that Frieza is definitely for, for real, for sure this time, guys, dead. And they're excited. Tien says, this Super Saiyan must be the most powerful being in the entire universe. Kai, King Kai says, it might be a fleeting tile. If he can't escape the explosion of Namek in time, then he'll be killed as well. So we cut back to Goku as he's flying towards Frieza's ship and he gets down to the hallway and starts running towards the control room. He recognizes that the controls are similar to his own ship and tries to mess with them, but all the ship can do is sort of groan and budge and not even get off the, off the ground. And eventually it falls into a volcanic chasm. Uh, apparently we don't, we don't see what happens to his own ship, so I guess that's not uh, workable. So uh, while Gohan and Bulma and everyone else are on Earth are hoping and praying that he comes back, and Yamcha, Chaozu, and Tien are hoping that their friend survives this calamity, Goku flies up into the middle of the sky, which is completely blood red. There's lightning and volcano everywhere. Namek is completely unrecognizable. And Goku's thinking to himself, it's, it's going to blow. It's too late. I can't stop it! Yamcha screams, Goku, please, please don't die! But Goku doesn't hear him as he's blown to bits! Namek explodes and Goku explodes with him. Jason Todd dies before Go before Batman can reach him in time, and Goku dies before he can escape planet Namek. No! Oh no! Dude, let's do it then! Please bring Goku and Krillin to Earth's check-in station in the spirit realm. For Goku and Krillin, he might Earth! Alright, just a sec. The one called Krillin is at the Earth's check-in station. But the one called Goku cannot be brought to that place. What? Darn, what's up? Why not? Because he is alive. If I moved him there now, he would die. Dad's really still alive? But how? Kakarot. What? Goku? You're alive! Oh. Why hasn't he come back yet, huh? Well, maybe his ship's broken. Yeah, I'll bet he's stuck. My friends, look, he's alive, right? So, just wish him back here. Hey, great idea! Yeah! <laughs> now, the next wish. Let's bring Krillin back to life! Woo! Yeah! Back alive! 
Dave. <laughs> so, Nemec just disintegrates. King Kai, uh, who said he can, he, King Kai at one point says, I can barely watch. Just um, uh, uses his antenna to sense Goku. Uh, the planet's gone, and so is he. There's none of Goku left to be found. So he reports back to Goku's friends. I'm sorry, he didn't make it. So Yamcha, Jin, and Chaozi are, are devastated by this news. Uh, King Kai says it's, it's, it's harsh. The universe is also a great warrior. I, I don't even want to talk to his son right now. And Yamcha says, well, let me do it. I, I've known him the longest. So he uh, reports back to Bulma telepathically. He, like, like we've seen before, he puts his hand on uh, King Kai's back. He says, yo, Yamcha, or no, Bulma, it's me, Yamcha. So, hey, Yamcha, what's going on? Well, I'm dead, but uh, we have more important <laughs> things to talk about. Uh, on the good, the good news is that Frieza is destroyed. Uh, so she reports that back and says, hooray, Goku beat Frieza. And Vegeta is kind of like, you know, he, the Super Saiyan defeated Frieza after all. Uh, but Yamcha says, hold on, that's not, that's not all. The bad news is that he couldn't ex- escape the planet from exploding in time. He, he died. I, I'm sorry. Bulma says, hey, I guess Goku died too. What a bummer, huh? And <laughs> Yamcha's flipping out like, what's wrong with you? Think, think about his kid. He doesn't have a father anymore. And then Bulma, you know, ever miss, you know, manners, says, ho, ho, ho. That shows what you know. While you guys were watching the fight, uh, Dende explained to us that the Namekian Dragon Balls can wish back people as many times as they want without, you know, limits to their death. So not only does Goku get back to come back to life, but so does Krillin and even Chatsu. So, you know, take that, Yamcha, my dead boyfriend. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that seems to be good news. But King Kai bursts their bubble by saying, you're the one who doesn't know anything. Chaozu will be brought back to life, no problem. But Goku and Krillin, they passed away on planet Namek. Planet Namek is destroyed. It does not exist anymore. When you die, you are brought back to the plane where you were originally killed. So the only thing that will await them upon their resurrection is more death. They'll be brought back in the vacuum of space and die once more. So this <laughs> this seems to be like like the utter uh, red stop sign in their hopes of bringing Goku back to Earth. Um, so all is lost, apparently, to bringing both Goku and Krillin back. But Vegeta, of all people, says, why don't you use your brains for once? Just wish back their souls back to the, the, the Earth realm. That's all I have to do. And then use the, the other wishes to bring back Goku and Krillin. So it says, yeah, that, that'll work. That, that, should, that should be fine. We should push them back that way. And uh, Gokan actually says, thank you, sir. He actually wants to shake his hand after all they've been through. But Vegeta, ever Mr. Dick, just uh, slaps it away and says, don't give me your thanks. I don't want your friendship. All I care about is meeting this so-called Super Saiyan so I can see him from my own eyes and defeat him. So what proceeds to happen is a few time skips. Uh, the Namekians, I'm not sure how many Namekians there are, but they're all held within uh, uh, Capsule Corp's compound uh, from uh, Bulma's family. And Gohan wants to hide out there because he didn't do his homework. Uh, Vegeta's there as well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, the uh, Mori, Dende's father, was made the, the Namekian elder. And he says that like the Dragon Balls from Namek take 130 days, which is a year in their time to regenerate. So after 130 days, the Dragon Balls become whole again, and they can use the wishes since they are all they. I'm not sure if they found them or they had all had them already gathered. It's never really explained. But uh, 130 days after the arrival of uh, Bulma, Vegeta, Piccolo, and Gohan on Earth, the Dragon Balls from Namek are resurrected, and Porunga rises again in the middle of the city. <laughs> Which I really like. <laughs> I like it, but there's only like no no one else notices. There's no other people on the uh, apparently on Earth who notice that. Oh, uh, we have some filler to talk about later on. 
<laughs> um, yeah, that, that was kind of. We'll talk about that. So Peruga is brought back. The sky, the sky is dark, and Dende communicates him through a uh, Namekian. Mori tells uh, our our heroes that you know they have plenty of time to find another planet to be wished to. So all they can do right now is wish back their friends to life. So the first wish they ask Perunga to bring Krillin and Goku's souls back to their mortal plane on Earth. The wish is made, and Krillin's soul is brought back. But as Perunga says, the one called Goku cannot be brought back because I cannot resurrect the soul of one who is yet alive. Dum dum dum. Goku's alive. King Kai was wrong again. So, um, so they're like, "Wow, that's awesome!" But uh, why has he come back? And they say, um, "Well, I guess I guess he doesn't want to be wished back to life." Or, or, no, they say um, he might be stranded in whatever spaceship he is. He's in. He might not get, get back to home. Uh, Mori says, "Just just use the Dragon Ball to wish him back." So they're like, "Okay, first let's bring back Krillin back to life." <laughs> Again, <laughs> so with little fuss and little muss, Krillin is resurrected in his Saiyan armor, which is pretty cool. Uh, right in front of everybody. He gets a round of applause for the dead zombie. Hmm. Uh, and for the third and final wish, they wish for Goku to return to planet Earth. Barunga tries for a little bit and says, well, I can't do that either. And Boma and Gohan are like, why not? He says, well, Goku doesn't want to be brought back here. He says he'll come back in his own time. I don't know how Goku's communicating to this dragon, but he is. Uh, but apparently Goku wants to come back on his own time. So uh, at this point, I think it's when Vegeta says... Damn it, he's training, isn't it? He's mastering Super Saiyan level. So Vegeta sees the nearby Castle Corp ship, steals it, and just flies off, totally jacking their property. <laughs> so um, Piccolo says, Ah, who cares about him? Uh, we have some fighters on, on King Kai's planet who, who really have been wishing, waiting to be wished brought back to life after all this time. So since Tien and Yamcha want to be, Tien and Chaozu, I should say, want to be brought back together, Yamcha is the first person to be brought back from the original Saiyan saga. And, um, for some reason, he falls into the nearby pond with uh, the Ginyu frog on top of his head. But yes, he... <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought that was pretty cool. So he and Boma are finally reunited for the first time, really since Dragon Ball, unless you count filler. Um, so 130 days pass again. With the first wish, they bring back Chaozu, and the second wish, they bring back Ten Shinhan. And for the third wish, uh, the Namekians are to be relocated to another planet. So before they leave, Dende and Gohan say have a tearful goodbye. Uh, basically, since Dende is basically the only kid who's Gohan's age, they, they kind of had a bonded friendship over this time. And um, before they all disappear, uh, Dende wishes Gohan farewell and says they will probably never see each other again. But it was great becoming your friend. So, as every last Namekian, except for Piccolo, <laughs> fly off. Did they say why Piccolo didn't go with them? They don't hear. We will, we will talk about that next month, but uh, as, as of now, they, uh, they don't explain why he wasn't included. But uh, oh. we'll talk about that later. Because it, it, uh, it does actually come up as a plot point. Um, but uh, as all, the, all of our heroes are looking up to the sky, their great ordeal is over with. Ever since Raditz first landed on planet Earth, they're at peace now. The only thing missing is that Goku's not there. So Gohan goes back to live with his mom. And uh, Gohan and his mom and his grandfather are, are there. Life as usual. Except now that Gohan is a new friend in Piccolo, who was, you know, their family's former enemy. And as Gohan's doing his schoolwork and Piccolo watches over him, Gohan's wondering, when is dad getting home? 
and that's the end. That's the end of the Frieza saga. And for many people, that's where the series should have ended. But uh, we will get on to that. So, um, Jesse, we've reached the end of the Frieza saga. <laughs> Finally. Ah, I know. It's so epic. We've been doing this since April. It's been a long time. Uh, what, what, were, what were you thinking just in overall? Like, you know, we can get into specifics, but like, what were you thinking generally as an ending, an ending to Frieza, an ending to the saga? And what, 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 how were you left feeling? Uh, overall, you know, watching these these couple episodes back to back, I liked that the saga ended. It seemed like it dis, uh, decompressed itself a lot. You got a lot of resolve with the characters. Obviously, you know, the Z Fighters were brought back to life, which they've been trying to do since, you know, well, that's the whole start of the saga. That's the one they went to Namek. Yeah. So you got the payoff for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a lot of interplay between the characters, especially Namekians being on Earth. Playing golf, you know. <laughs> I, I love that. Uh, Ginyu Frog appears for no reason. No reason at all, but why not? Uh, I love that. But then, you, you know, you get to the actual fight and Goku's uh, beating of Frieza, which, you know, it's kind of like oh, you, you don't actually see a body, but you, you don't need to because, as Goku says, he, he's beaten him already. Yeah. You know, he, he's like, you're, you're, you're losing power quickly. I've defeated you. There's no need. He goes back from being Super Saiyan, which is, it's like incredibly insulting to Frieza. I love it. And he just goes off and he can't stand it, you know, and he's so, he's so mad. Yeah, I agree. I think that the way that the Frieza fight ended was really, really, uh, appropriate. Uh, it's, it it could almost be seen as being anticlimactic, but at the same time, I think that's the point. It's not the fight that Frieza wanted. Exactly. Like, like, Goku basically blows him away in one shot, and, like, you know, it's almost like, you know, that's it, it's done. But I think it represents how pathetic Frieza's state was at the end there. He was he was completely humiliated and then literally torn apart. Yeah. And not necessarily by his – and I love that it wasn't even by his – by Goku's attack. It was his own attack, which I think speaks volumes, you know, to the character. I agree. I think that was actually very – I don't – I can't – I can't think of any better way to end that fight than, like, Frieza's... The idea that Frieza... Because Goku said the fight's over with. I win. Because of because of the way you're fighting. You have no power left. And Frieza wouldn't take no for an answer. And, like, you know, his own power just killed him, essentially. Um, although, I, I do think that, like, uh, the bit where Goku was flying around and being chased by Frieza's disc was a little bit... It was, it was kind of padding. Um, I thought so, too. It's, cause, because it's like, you know, why is he indulging Frieza? I mean, the planet could blow at any minute. He's trying to get home. Why? What, what, what was Goku? What was in Goku's head when when Frieza was doing that? Like, what was he thinking? Because it's been established that he can just, I mean, he, he doesn't have to, doesn't have to be, you know, he's playing games at this point. Yeah. He's totally, he's totally indulging Frieza, but it's in a way, it's, I mean, I, I, I guess he was like waiting for him to get caught, caught up or whatever, although he does warn him. It's a lot. I mean, it, it, that's like probably the only gripe I have with because it doesn't really make any sense towards the character, but it does lead to like, you know, Frieza getting... <laughs> what was your reaction to him getting cut in half? <laughs> uh, you know, at first I, they they show him or they, it happens and then he hits the ground. I'm like, okay, they're not going to like show him being in half. No, no, they show him like he's clearly in half, missing like half an arm and right. all of his lower body. And I'm like, wow, okay. Okay, that's pretty violent there, you know. I mean, it didn't show like any blood or anything in the version I saw, but 
still, yeah, it's pretty jarring a character cut in half. And of course, Goku heals him too. You know, he <laughs> uh, he uh. heals him back up. You know, it's like you know he's gonna do it because he's that's in his character. He and he gives him every chance. And that's, I think that's what makes him so angry. I love that it, he, he's had enough. He's given Frieza every chance to turn away and leave, and he doesn't. He heals him up, and he still comes after him. Yeah, I agree. I like that Goku uh, against – well, I mean, he had, he, had, he had nothing to fear at that point. But like, I like the idea that like Goku kind of wasted time saving Frieza's life. I feel that, like, I mean, as 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 angry and bitter and murderous as he is as a Super Saiyan, he's still Goku. And when Frieza starts to beg, he says, I beg of you, Goku couldn't ignore that. And I think that's actually really nice that, like, we've seen him so, we've seen Goku so mad at this point that, like, he even, he's, he throws it back in Frieza's face. You, how many people have brought this same request to you? And, but he, he but he can't bring himself down, down that level. I, I think that, like, We've been kind of talking about this theme throughout the series, really, of Goku's mercy, and uh, the idea that like he uh, is given a perfect opportunity to deny Frieza mercy uh, at that moment, and he shows him that, and then Frieza just throws it back on him, and, and Goku kind of throws back that back on him as well. <laughs> uh, I thought that was really nice. How did you think of uh, Frieza's the way Frieza went out? Uh, like in the giant gaping hole that was once Namek. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, that. I mean, like you were saying, you know, he threw it back at Goku, and Goku literally threw it back at him. He literally threw everything at him and obliterated him. You know, I was like, wow, that's there's no, you know, dying words. At this point, Goku's had enough. You know, he, he he's not even trying. To, you know, he doesn't have to put any effort into it. He's just he's going to end it and go back home. As well as what his intentions were. Yeah, but apparently uh, that changed at some point. Well, I love, I like. Uh, there's a few things that that were like uh, in the manga specifically. For one, when 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 Freeze is given the energy and is like kind of floating and like you know laughing, ha ha ha, you won't escape this planet, ha 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 ha. Like um, in the manga, at least in the in the, the version I have, he actually has like blood and guts oozing from his body. And and it's actually like. It's not readily noticeable, but like once you like kind of zero in on those, I'm on the page right now. Yeah, once you kind of zero in, it's actually really disgusting. <laughs> like there are literally like, like veins like dripping out of his body as as he starts to rise from the ground. But um, so another thing that I thought was interesting, and, I, and I'm not sure if the anime was trying to capture this or even if they cared to, because I don't think it's, it's as noticeable. But like when Goku blasts Frieza, and you see like the pan to Goku's face in the manga, he looks really sad. Like he looks really regretful, like he's he's like you know he he never learned his lesson, and then he like turns away and just suffices the ship, which I thought actually was really nice as well, because even as a Super Saiyan, he has that kind of like that kind of feeling, which I I kind of wish that it was more apparent in the in the anime, so it makes it less of a manga only thing. But I thought that was actually pretty cool, that, hmm. the idea that he was he he felt that way. I think that scene and with it showing him having mercy to Frieza earlier, I think. You could say perhaps he's getting used to being a saying. He's been able to getting it more under control. Right. So it, more of his personality is coming out. Yeah, I agree. It's it's yeah yeah that's a good point. Like after all this time, because he he can he clearly can like you know at this point at least rein into where he can become normal and jump back into it again. Now, 
Now, we've been talking a, a few months about uh, the fact that um, the uh, series was um, imagined to have ended uh, at this point. And um, what we might have to, I, I, might, I don't know if I want to do this later on or... I might as well do it now. We, can, we have other stuff to talk about. But we can always talk about this now. The biggest reason why people think that this was supposed to be the end of the series is that Goku so definitively looks like he dies in the explosion of Namek. Um, what was your reaction to that? Because... It does look really bad for him. Did you think he died? Hmm. I, well, if people point to that in the same episode, doesn't they? Don't they tell you he's alive? I think the episode ends before they conclude that he's still okay, alive. Okay. Okay. Because I was actually thinking the opposite. Well, I whether or not he died, I was like, well, you know, I mean, it looks it looks like that could be, you know, the end for him. I think that'd be a fitting end. Really? I I do. I mean, save, basically saving the entire universe. You really can't get any. Higher than that. Okay, and so even, like, like the, like even the characters, even Bulma, is like, oh, we'll, we'll just bring him back to life. <laughs> That's the one thing that like, I think I always kind of had in my head, but like DBZ abridged really illustrate for me. Everyone is so mournful over the idea that he dies, despite the fact that he's already died before and they can bring him <laughs> back to life. It's but hard. my biggest uh, issue, you know, I don't know if you want to get into the the whole, you know, was the series supposed to end or not? Um, we can get into it. I mean, we, I, I have other notes, but we can get into it now, like just to generalize it. Well, here's my idea because you know, we said back a few episodes back, or I guess the last episode, when Free, well, everybody was celebrating because they assumed Frieza was dead. Yes. After that episode, I could see this, these few episodes that we just watched, them saying, okay, well, you know what, we're going to continue it on. So let's plant some seeds because the episodes here. Uh, there seems like there's quite a few subplots that are starting, or ideas that will maybe grow later on. Oh, uh, like what specifically are you thinking about? Uh, Bulma hitting on Vegeta. Yeah. <laughs> Assessively. Check. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that's, the way you express that is like, yeah, where the hell does this come from? And I, only because, I mean, you know, whether or not you have any knowledge prior to the series, that still comes out of nowhere. You know, like, okay, yeah. you know, that's a, uh, that hasn't been shown before what are they gonna what are they doing with this here and well okay she hits on uh what is it Barunga also but yeah she's really flirty in these last episodes i guess because everything's over she's feeling flirty <laughs> i mean overall i've i've liked her more in these episodes than i have in the last you know well episodes where she's not you know completely crazy yeah when well, she's whining like 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 it's almost like like when, at the very beginning of the namek saga where she like, popo is leading her around to the ship like bulma the animated series is like that again I think that, like, uh, in terms of ending the series, um, I think that, like, and again, like, you know, from Dragon Ball to this moment, Goku going out like this, I think it's a little, it's very climactic. Like, it's actually, it's actually kind of shocking that, like, I think, in an idea when the, when the King Kai says you can't bring him back because he'll be brought back on Namek, and which or Namek is, doesn't exist anymore. So the idea of, of him really, really, really being dead, like him going out that way is kind of shocking, I think. Because it's, it's, uh, I don't want to say it's kind of, un I thought you said it was interesting that you thought it was appropriate. I think it's a little, I don't want to say undignified, but the great hero Goku going out on a planet he, he traveled to to save everybody. I think it's, just, it's shocking, if nothing else. I think that it's, I think that it's interesting because it shows that, like, he really isn't, like, you know, so all powerful that he can't escape something that would kill anybody else. Like that, I, I think like. that's why I find it appropriate. Yeah, I, I kind of, and like as that powerful as he is, he still ends up dying due to say you know at the cost of saving everybody yeah absolutely 
I agree. I I actually like kind of like that in a sort of a perverse way because it kind of brings him back down to level more. Yeah, it it, it increases the danger and increases like you know this isn't just about him. This is about everything. And if this is about Planet Namek, I mean Planet Namek does explode after forever. <laughs> but um, I, I like it. Uh, now um, with that with him gone, and everyone brought back on on Earth, and the Namek's the Namek's are relocated. Like and and the way this episode ends, uh, Go Gohan is still wondering if his father uh will ever return. What I mean, like like just okay, let's say because they say that Goku is alive, but he doesn't immediately show up. What what would you imagine? How would you imagine the would you be satisfied the series ended that way, where like he he's randomly alive and the series ends with Gohan wanting his father to come back? How do you feel about that? Uh, maybe if they. If they added a end tag with Goku, like the even, end, yeah, even even him training on another planet or something with him smiling, some some kind of you know lead to where it may go, I could see that ending. But since they did leave it as open as they did, I don't think mm-hmm. I'd be satisfied because you know you have all these characters pining after him. You you open these questions of where is he, why isn't he, you know, coming home? He's purposely choosing not to. Right. And I think those are just too open ended to to end a series on successfully. It doesn't actually make a lot of sense <laughs> why he wouldn't come home. Although, I mean, it's, it's explained, but, like, to, in a series, I, I would agree. Like, he automatically just says, well, I'm going to, like, you know, travel the pl- travel the galaxy or something like that. <laughs> I agree. Um, now, uh, in terms of the fan base, uh, people think that, like, not only was it supposed to end, but people, again, a big, probably the biggest reason why people think it was supposed to end this series right here is that, Quote Toriyama, and again, this is going from Kanzentai.com. Tor- and they're intended in these guys. Toriyama originally intended that Frieza and Goku. No, I should say, I'm sorry. Toriyama originally ended that Goku die on Namek, which indicates that, like, ideally, the whole Barunga saying he's still alive is sort of like uh, was editorially changed. Um, because, again, it, it is sort of like a last minute, it, it kind of does feel. Because we don't see it like a last minute change, but th- at the same time, I can I can take on taking on face value, you know, that like it was always supposed to be. Well, you thought he was there, but he's not. Because Goku, re- I can't stress how how much of, he really is a Japanese icon in uh, Japan. Uh, he, he he his image appears on children's shows and stuff. That like, I think the idea of him blowing up might upset people. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, is that like the idea that. Uh, he was supposed to die, and then it was changed editorially. A lot of that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, what, what, what do you think about that? Before I actually get into like the details of it, I don't think uh, I don't think he's supposed to die because there are too many inconsistencies. Well, for one thing, uh, like you say, the very next episode he's he's said to be alive. What happens is that like people think that like there was no bloody way since Frieza's ship was destroyed that he could have gotten off. Um, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to think how how much I want to spoil this. Eh, it's not that much of a spoiler. Uh, I'm, I'm just gonna, uh, you know, uh, uh, it's not that big of a reveal. I'm, I'm just gonna say how he lives. If you don't mind, I don't know if you if you care or not. If you don't, I'll, I won't, I'll save it for later. No, no, I don't care. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, in the original manga, I don't think they showed this in the anime. But the original manga, as he's flying towards, uh. Uh, Frieza's ship. In the panel of Frieza's ship, you see every ship around. You see his ship, you see the Guinea Force's ship, and you see Frieza's ship, and they're sinking. Uh, in w- when we next see Goku, 
we see him arrive via Ginyu ship. So he nicked one of the Ginyu Force's ships to escape Namek at the last possible second. Now, uh, the trick is that, like, in the anime, we see Goku, or I'm sorry, in the manga, we see Goku try to mess with Frieza's ship, jump out of there, saying, it's going to blow up. I can't stop it! Damn it all! And, um, and then, like, you know, you come back to King Kai and says, I can't watch. And the thing blows up. In the anime, uh, everyone says, Goku, don't die, don't die, don't die. It goes back to Goku, who's screaming at the top of his lungs, and we see him blow up, essentially. We see him, you know, enveloped in this sheet of light and fade away. So the anime totally cheats with your expectations and, and makes it seem like he does literally die. Which, again, it's, it's sort of like that, that difference between the anime and the manga in terms of what to show. Which is kind of, you're kind of cheating. But, um, it's funny because, like, the big thing that I didn't realize, it took me years to realize this, that, like, uh, the big uh, leeway for him to leave is like like when King Kai is watching, we come back to King Kai and he says, I can't watch as he turns his head away. So ideally, Goku could have skirted off and escaped that way. Oh, but, yeah. Which I actually kind of find funny. But, um... So King Kai, again, messes up. I know. Damn, King Kai. But, uh... uh so, the, it, and again, because the idea that, like, uh, Toriyama, you know, only plans he's a, a week ahead in advance... As he was writing this, he he would have had to know that Goku was going to survive because, a, the very next chapter after he says he's dead is shown that he, he's alive, and b, in the panel where he flies off, there is uh, foreshadowing to his escape because of the uh, because of the um, um, all the pods shown there, and so I mean I mean when we were real when it reveals when Goku comes back and explains how he escapes, it wasn't just you know he didn't he didn't learn how to teleport or anything like that. But people, people, people to this day, I can't, I can't stress this enough. People really do think that, like, even I think even somebody even said on the Crossbase message board that like everyone knows that Toriyama was going to end the Freeza saga, and um, it's really interesting because like as much evidence as there is and documented evidence to the, the contrary, it's a strongly held belief that um, I think really does seem right after watching these episodes. I've not seen this episode in a while, and it really does seem very, very climactic. I think very, very mm-hmm. much like, like, like this is the end of it all. But like, uh, ideally, I mean, people think that like the editors said, Hey, Toriyama, don't, don't kill Goku. Oh, you did it. Well, we got to fix it or whatever. It doesn't make any sense. Again, I think we talked about this before that, like, uh, the, the chapters are done week by week. The editors are going to know what Toriyama puts in the scripts that they want to publish. You know, if they didn't want Goku to die, they wouldn't have had him die. And then just c- kind of contrive a way to come back to life. They would have either said, don't do that. Or have it changed before it actually goes off to the printer, for one thing. Yeah. Not only that, but, like, uh, in the instances where there are changed, uh, we'll talk about uh, in this next upcoming year, because there are actually editorial mandates to, that change the storyline. Um, they, they just kind of end up differently than, you know, oh, Toriyama was forced to change this or whatever. I think I think the idea of it being changed is a lot more of an appealing idea than the actual storyline. Because I guess people don't really like how the story end up, ends up being... <laughs> And I don't know, like, it feels, I like it. I do, I do think that, like, the Goku thing is a bit kind of a swerve, but I'm not sure if it's as, I don't think it's necessarily bad storytelling. I guess people just think that, like, it's too, it doesn't, it's too out of nowhere that he survived, that uh, it had to have been different. That's sort of, like, the common theme. I don't know. What, what do you take from all that? I could see that. I mean, I don't know. I, I still think, watching these episodes, that he, that there was no intention on him 
for him to die. It just seems like it. And people wanting to believe that seems like it's, yeah, it's just them wanting to believe it. It's them not happy, you know, with the way the story panned out, I guess. I don't know. I that's my that's my opinion. It's like them kind of want to project, wanting to project what they want, how they want the story to go. Yeah, a little bit more climactic, a little bit more like oh, he was supposed to die. Did you know that? <laughs> yeah, kind of thing. Uh, I don't know. And then like you know spoilers because like you said, did you watch? The, yeah, you said did you watch the next episode? Uh, yes, I watched the uh, episode right after it. I mean, like I mean, like uh, that like the next time on Dragon Ball Z thing kind of thing. Yes. Again? Yeah, so that shows that Freeze is alive. Spoilers. Yeah. Which, again, Matt, King Kai sucks at, at uh, you know, heavily judicatory uh, watching. And yeah, that's that's another thing. Like, see, people thought that Freeze was going to die originally. Like, you know, that he had to change that. Why would he even bring that, that, that back up? You know, it's, it kind of sets up the next arc. But uh, we'll get into that later on. But, um, but it's, it's, it kind of leads into the whole... Uh, uh, I'll probably talk about this later on. But it does lead into the whole... Uh, legacy that this series that this saga has as being like you know the most uh, memorable and for many people the, the most favorite uh, saga of Dragon Ball Z in its entirety. But um, I think I'll talk about that a little bit later. Do you have any more notes on like the episodes we have here in terms of like you know the Namex and Vegeta or anything else? Um, the Namekians playing golf, loved it. <laughs> and I loved uh, I lo- yeah, I loved that buddy like went to the capsule core just to kind of. Chill out for uh, what a year, <laughs> or uh, like two hundred days or something. <laughs> yeah, two hundred sixty days in, in total. Yeah. Yeah, and but yeah, the, the whole second half of these, the end of the arc here, I really enjoyed with everybody back on Earth, kind of decompressing and kind of you, you got to see Roshi again and the turtle. And, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, Chi Chi interacting with the, the Gohan again. That was that was nice. Uh, other th- other than that, you know, I think it really did set the set the stage for an uh, upcoming arc. Like it's kind of like okay, everybody gets to kind of relax a little bit. And I think it's cool. And even says, you know, oh man, this piece is it's really nice. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, you guys aren't fighting for your life. You know, end to end to end, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like um, it's really is feel it feels like a, like a an appropriate epilogue or an ending to like a whole thing. Um, the, I. Wondering, I'm left wondering this episode. How many Namekians were there on the planet? Yeah, they said that they couldn't bring him back more because Vegeta killed uh, a village and he wasn't one of Frieza's henchmen, which I thought was <laughs> interesting. You know, oh, I love that Vegeta tells them that too. I'm like, really? All right. <laughs> this is the reason. Because <laughs> I'm so awesome. <laughs> that was actually, that was actually yeah that was actually because he's, he's still Vegeta. Like, as uh, Daniel said, he's still Vegeta. He can cry as much as he wants to, but he's still. A rogue. <laughs> I think that like uh, yeah, the the moment Virginia thing was actually kind of funny because she was doing like a guy who was responsible for the death of her boyfriend. <laughs> it was his idea to get the Cybermen out in the first place, so I don't know if she knows that, but she's so flighty in these episodes too. Like you're kind of cute, like and like don't do anything naughty. And he goes as if <laughs> in a very oh yeah God, Vegeta is <laughs> the Vegeta. Vegeta is going to be like like an. Like an interesting character to follow in the next episode, a couple episodes, because he's very much um, in the manga. He stays on Earth like the entire time. In the anime, he like steals. He he jacks one of their rides to go into space to look for Goku, which I think makes sense. But like, I do wonder. I suppose because I was thinking when they were using the Dragon Balls, any at any moment, Vegeta could demand for immortality. Oh yeah, he'd be like, give me immortality. Okay. Yeah, like we'll be like Yamcha. No, you won't. <laughs> 
Like, which like he, at any moment in time. But although I d- I do know that like uh, he's probably thinking if, if the Super Saiyan comes up and everybody's dead, then he'll probably be best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I I can see that as Lion's thing. Although I wish we would have seen that a little bit more because it is all of a sudden he's just living in the Castle Corp as though nothing's nothing's wrong. Yeah, like no nobody you know bats an eye to his. Bulma freaking invites him like blah. That's that's what gets me. Like she's so like, hey, like, I think the last time she saw Vegeta on Namek, she's like, is that was that Vegeta? But now it's like, hey, Vegeta, come live with me. It's like, uh, and I, I think Yamcha would be particularly insulted. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you said you mentioned that there weren't they didn't show that many people in the city. There actually was a scene in the in the, uh, in the original anime where when Perungo shoots up in the sky, people flip out. I, like people, like it's sort of like when the Saiyans arrive, like people in business suits and crossing the street and stuff, they point there and like just start freaking out as though he were Godzilla or something. <laughs> and um, it's it's kind of like it's kind of a short change in the manga where they kind of explain it in in text, but in the anime, it's just oh, it's from Castle Corp. That's just one of uh, Doctor Brief's crazy inventions. Never mind, never mind. Because at first they all have like heart attacks, <laughs> which I think actually actually kind of nice. Um. Uh. I thought that it was interesting that, like, um, I thought, because I don't think we actually talked about the scene where Dende says, wait a minute, you guys can only wish back somebody's life once? We can do it as many times as possible. Because it, it does show the uh, the Namekian Dragon Balls, even though they only have one wish at a time, or one person at a time, they do have... Um, different rules. Yeah. And I, and I like that. They're not just, you know, more Dragon Balls. They are, they are different enough. And I, th- and I think that's a nice way to kind of differentiate them. I feel as though I mean, because I, I, I think everybody kind of forgot about Chaozu, so the idea that like the series does end with everybody being set to a status quo, including Chaozu, is nice. Like he doesn't he doesn't end up stranded in other world after all. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, after everybody assumed, oh, he's not gonna make it. <laughs> Oops. So that's I, I thought it was pretty nice. Um, and actually, like you know, I also I liked I liked the fact that Yamcha had more to do <laughs> than like he has in months. Oh yeah, he like he was a major character these couple episodes. Yeah, I th- I actually thought it was it was actually really appropriate that he was the one that talked to Bulma and talked about Goku cuz he really has like he does has he has known Goku he's technically known Goku longer than Krillin. He was like one of the original like five main characters and I thought that was nice that he did that cuz it could have been King Kai could have just told them. But I thought that like again in the argument that this is the last of the series, which it isn't, that um he does he does more stuff. I mean, it's it's sort of going back to the old ways of him doing more stuff and Bulma being uh, <laughs> Bulma, I guess. I, yeah. Her, her, like, God, Goku died again. Can you believe that? Gohan, your son, his only son. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes me that makes me face Bulma each time. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh, here's a note. Here's a note. Um, how did you watch these episodes, real quick? Are you still watching from your friends' DVDs, or are you watching them online? Or uh, I'm watching them uh, on my laptop. I have a video files. Okay. Do you know if it's the uncut version or the edited version? I do not. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna assume they're edited because there's a. I've noticed a distinct lack of blood on them. Yeah. Yeah, they're edited. <laughs> Especially by the end of the fight. I will say that, like, uh, now this actually leads into a big uh, digression uh, because I've been complaining about the music for a long time now. Uh, and I think it does depend on the version that of, of Kai that you have because uh, I was watching the middle of the Frieza Goku fight and all of a sudden, the music is decidedly different and actually sounds a lot like the original anime, at least the Japanese anime. 
And again, I'm not sure. I'll have to probably send you a link because I'm not sure if it's the same for the edited version. But I was like, God, this sounds like a the um, uh, Sinichi Kikuchi score who was the original uh, uh, orchestrator for the uh, anime. So I did some digging, courtesy of Kanzenshu. And apparently, and we've been talking about the, the Dragon Ball Z Kai music for a while now. Uh, the Dragon Ball Z Kai music, which is different from the um, original anime, was done by a man named... Um, uh, I forgot his first name. <laughs> uh, Yamamoto is, 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 is his surname. Mr. Yamamoto was the uh, orchestrator for Dragon Ball Z Kai, and he actually has done. He actually started out doing the Dragon Ball Z uh, Dragon Ball Z video games, and um, apparently, his soundtrack for Kai was completely taken out by this point in the series, and then uh, replaced with uh, uh, the original score, because apparently he was um, brought up on charges of plagiarism by stealing from other scores, and really, we're talking about like. Scores from Avatar, The Patriot, like 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 Terminator, like big name, big name movies, which I thought was actually really interesting. <laughs> wow, yeah, that, that's uh, that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. Like I, I I've, I've gone back and apparently he's been doing this for a while now. Like like the guys at Kanzenshu have noticed even before he was brought up on that. But like he, yeah, I think people have actually started to take those charges of plagiarism to them, and they were legitimate enough where Toy took down that score in the Japanese version. So by the time the American version got it and the uncut version, they just replaced it. Like I've, I've seen uh, scenes coming up in the next month with chunks and stuff. And they're, they're like the, uh, they're not, they're not, at least the uncut version is not DBZ Kai music. It's Kukuchi music. Now I, I like that a lot better because it's a lot more what I'm used to in terms of the original Japanese version. And since the dubbed version of Kai is, um, since the dub version of Kai is more closer to the original translation, it makes a lot. It feels a lot better. It feels a lot more appropriate. Uh, I think overall, I think that DBC Kai. I don't really like it as much, just because it is so. I don't know if it was mentioned before, but like, it is so fast paced. Uh, I remember when, when Frieza was cut in half. The, it was the music was kept kept on going as though the action was still happening. It was like you know no, nothing was going on. It's like it's like dun 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 dun. dun. And, like, you know, the dude was cut in half, and, like, you know, the fight was over. I kind of like that, though. You like that? Only to, because it, it's kind of like the action happens before your senses can, before your senses can, like, adjust to it. It's like, oh, wait, did that just happen? Oh, wait, oh, oh, okay, yeah, he's, he's cut in half. Okay. That's, right. that's kind of how I took it. I can see that perspective. I suppose I'm, I'm really am used to the whole, the music matching the tone of whatever's going on. Whatever's going on. That's fine. Um... I mean, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll start sending you, I'll start sending you uh, files that I'm using for the um, totally legal files. I assure you, <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble again of uh, of the uncut version, so you can hear the, oh, so you can compare and contrast the score uh, because I know we'll be hearing it from now on, at least in the English version. And uh, that was apparently the story of Yamamoto. He, um, I'm not sure what's what's happened to him. But uh, at least in terms of like this, because like he won't be doing the score for Dragon Ball Z Kai when it comes back with the Boosaka. Like <laughs> Not no more. Yeah, Jinde has a line that says, uh, "Well, Gohan, it's time to go. It's been wonderful sharing this great adventure with you." And I'm like, "You all died. <laughs> Your entire species experienced genocide. What adventure is this?" <laughs> I know. I don't know. Um, I thought that the scene with him and Gohan was actually kind of sad. Personally. Oh, it definitely was. Uh... It was emotional because you're like, okay, the, you know, like you were saying earlier, that's the only kid that Gohan's seen in I don't know how long, you know? 
Yeah. That we've seen ever. Like, I was surprised because, like, again, I've not seen this in a long time, but, like, it really is... Because after everything that's said and done, like, after all this horribleness, they did they did become friends. And I thought it was nice that they that they had to part and we'll never see Dende again, I'd say. Ever. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. King Kai swears it. <laughs> so you know it's true. <laughs> um, But, uh, I suppose, yeah, that's, like, all the notes I have. I, oh, actually, I should note that, like, uh, I think Chaozu and Tien stay at King Kai's longer than Goku did, so they must have gotten a lot stronger since, since, uh, since they first arrived, which I think is actually kind of cool. I like hopefully. He, yeah, hopefully. I mean, he made a, a comment that, like, uh, I want to continue my training, so, like, who knows what tricks Tin will have in the upcoming episodes. But um, I suppose that's that's a set way to, like, kind of uh, finish off our discussion with this. So, uh, overall, for the past, God, I don't even know, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. I, like, for the last nine months... <laughs> a baby's been born since then <laughs> so, but not uh, mine oh not mine either <laughs> I assure you but um overall like 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 from and because this is our year long anniversary and the story basically kind of really did start with uh the beginning of Dragon Ball Z with Raditz like at this point in the series and, and obviously much of this is through the Freezer saga but what were you thinking about what, what we've seen since now and especially uh, first, what did you think about the Frieza saga, and then like, what do you think about the series as a whole coming on as a newcomer? I thought the Frieza saga was um, appropriately bigger in scale than the Saiyan saga, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I don't believe you know all the rumors about the show was going to end. Only you know, essentially because they set up so many ideas in here, they set up so much mythology with this uh, you know this saga that I feel is going to pay off later on. Hopefully. Um, Hopefully pretty well. I imagine that a lot of the character beats they're going to hit, I'm looking forward to that. A lot of the character beats, a lot of the uh, ideas they hint at, you know, the the whole Super Saiyan thing is just, uh, it's just barely touched, you know, the the tip of what it can be. You know, that we still don't have any really idea of Goku's maximum power, what he can do. Right. And you have you have Vegeta who still wants to become a Super Saiyan and uh, beat Kakarot. That's still one of his goals. That hasn't changed. Hmm. That's and true, I yeah. think the you know on the whole of the series, after a year of of reviewing it and watching it and you know kind of going in depth with it, it's definitely blown me away from the perception I've had. And I don't think I like to think I didn't have an overly negative perception, but I just I didn't know that much. I didn't know how deep it was or. or what all it entailed other than you know fight scenes and it's it's a lot so far it's been a lot of stories of of what's going on in between the fight scenes what's going on when goku's not able to fight you know what are the side people doing what are krillin what are gohan doing what are you know their adventures trying to help goku out and help you know the best way they can so i think ultimately a lot of it's a lot of this saga has been you know kind of the underdogs that's a good point, yeah. Because Goku, Goku for so much of these of of this point of series has been out of action. So like it's which I think works because he's for sure the main character by the time he's fighting Frieza, which is fine. But like uh, to justify it, we have we have so many strong characters in Piccolo, in Krillin, and Gohan, and Vegeta. And I think if you have a show. series where the main character is out of commission this long, and you don't have other characters that can hold the series or hold the, your attention, it's gonna fail. And these characters sure. clearly can. Yeah, they told the line that you know, 
characters who are you know kind of anti-hero or anti-villains as Vegeta, or um, characters who do change over time like Piccolo, make it worth watching because they're unpredictable. I totally agree. Um, on my end, uh, kind of speaking from when I first saw it, um, again, I come from like the guys who watch. I was I was part of the audience who started watching it and where they would rerun the Saiyan saga over and over again in the first half of the Namek saga. <laughs> Uh, and, and they would always stop in the middle of the Ginyu Force arc. So, like, I would watch that for a solid year. Felt like two. And um, so, much of the Frieza saga, specifically, um, from the moment Goku beats Raccoon to, like, you know, the moment we're watching now, was a slew of new episodes by the by the new Funimation dub. And it was incredible. Like, I, when I was a kid, uh, I didn't have a computer until I was 13, but I had a lot of friends who did. So, I was actually spoiled a lot on what came up. Like I knew, I knew, I knew um, that Vegeta was going to be killed by Frieza before it happened. I knew that Krillin was going to be killed by Frieza and Goku become a Super Saiyan. Uh, I don't know if I knew Planet was going to Planet was going to explode, and I don't think I did. But I, I, I knew like like the basic like shockers of the story mostly, like the big the heavy stuff of the story like later on in the series. I I, I did was no told about. But the Freeze Saga stands out for me not because it was only the first new episodes in a long time, but there was a lot of curveballs. I never knew that like uh, Ginyu's uh, body change uh, ability would, would ever. I never knew about that at all. I never knew that Vegeta would be run through the arena as much as he was. I never knew he cried. Uh, I never knew that like um, Frieza and Goku would have such a uh, tormentous fight. Uh, I never knew the spirit bomb would be as big as it did. I never knew ways in which Goku... I never knew how the Super Saiyan would be. I saw images of, of Super Saiyan Goku, but I never really... That was always a big question mark to me because I never knew how he was different because it looks he looks so different. Mm-hmm. So so that was always like a big, like, like how it's going to turn out. And when I, was, when I saw it, it was so engaging for me. Partly because the, the Funimation dub really made things different because with their music and stuff and because it was less edited, but also just in terms of the storyline... Like it did, it really. Frieza, I thought, was a really. That's one of the instances in fiction where something's built up and it really does deliver on the on the on the threat on the build up. Because I mean, from from the moment he confronts our heroes after Purunga disappears, it's a big like, oh my god, kind of thing. And from then on, I think the, the series just goes like, like like you feel the threat. He nearly kills our heroes several times. Like he does, he doesn't really play around. And when he even when he plays around, he's still very dangerous. Um, I commented before that I think that like the fight with him and Goku, while interesting, uh, on on multiple viewings is, or in readings is a little bit uh, pedantic. But even still, like like it's still we still want Goku to win. You still want to see Frieza be taken down. And by the time Goku becomes a Super Saiyan, it's just I I mean you're I mean, I think you're just hooked. Um, and and it shows. I mean. I said that this part was uh, Goku becoming a Super Saiyan was the highest rated episode of DBZ Kai. The, and even in the original version of Dragon Ball Z in Japan, the Frieza arc was the most popular the, the show was. And, and that popularity remained uh, by, the, by, the, by the time of the Boo Saga and then after it began to dip out. This, this saga is so... It's, it's so many people's favorites for a number of reasons. I think because it has a lot of Vegeta uh, squirreling around. I think because Frieza is such a, a badass of a villain... I think because the, the the other villains like like Zarbon and the Ginyu Force, I think Piccolo comes back in style, and obviously you know you got you got to count Super Saiyan Goku because he's such he is such a badass once it happens that it really is like you know I think that uh it just I think this is the, the some of the best of DBZ ever I do I think um 
Now, I <laughs> I say that I do look forward to covering uh, the next year, which is you know the Android Saga, because that actually is my favorite. This that what's coming up is actually my favorite moment in Dragon Ball Z, like the Android Saga, the Cell Saga, the Cell Games. That's all like like my absolute favorite, uh, because it's different. Like it's just. The way this, uh, it, it just, it's totally the opposite. I'm not saying the opposite, but like, you know, it's totally the uh, different version of the Frieza saga in many ways. But um, before I actually get, get on to that, like, uh, were there any like moments that you liked from the Frieza saga, Jesse, that you, that, that stuck with you or any character moments or anything at all that really made you like, in, like that you really enjoyed the most? Well, see, I really enjoy when I liked, I liked when uh, Curlin and Gohan were searching for the Grand Elder. At, well, around the time they rescued Dinde, mm. that whole piece, looking back, I really enjoyed. I had a lot of fun with that part. That was intense. <laughs> yeah, because you, you kind of you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't have Goku there, so they they, they couldn't rely on you know just kind of standing back, right? And and kind of sitting on the sidelines, which I don't think they did anyway. But it was still everything was kind of up in the air, and that was shortly after they arrived on Namek, so. Everything had a you know kind of kind of an air of freshness about it. Okay, yeah, that I, I really dug. Uh, Vegeta dying and and coming back. I really liked when he came back too. That <laughs> was Vegeta. yeah, Vegeta rising rising from the graves. <laughs> Rise from your crypt. That and of course you know I I'd have to say you know Super Saiyan because it had been at this point it had been talked about so much and then just culturally you have to know it's such a big deal for the series. Yeah, exactly. So when it finally happened, I was like, oh yes. Oh yes, it's finally hit the fan. Please, <laughs> screwed. Anyways, <laughs> and frog in you. Oh frog! As I stare into his eyes. <laughs> uh, all right. Um. Uh, let's see. For me, I I sorry for like you know kind of like an order. I like pretty much everything that had to do with Vegeta on his own was so enjoyable to see. I think. Uh, just from the moment he starts talking to Kui and like just dashes off to Namek, and he becomes sort of like you know a, a secondary protagonist, I think it's actually kind of fun because he's still a bad guy, but the storytelling was split up into three different ways between the, our heroes from Earth and Frieza's men and Vegeta. I really enjoy the Frieza, uh, Vegeta taking on Kui, taking on uh, Doria, taking on Zarbon, losing and fighting back, especially when he broke out of the of the chamber and. Um, this throughout Frieza's Dragon Ball, so Frieza had to start all over again. Like seeing his cunning in that way was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, I think that was, was that was when I have rooted for him the most. Yes, like that's when he really became like. I mean, he was still Vegeta, but like those facets to his character were so fresh and so new that like we really were like, wow, there's a lot to this character that we that that is really awesome. And I think that like uh, uh, basically, I think most things that Frieza that uh, nah, I, I don't, don't want to do that anymore. Most of that Vegeta did, like him, his fight against Raccoon, I like. Um, him being blasted by Krillin was also fun because I, I like that part where it's happening while Piccolo and Gohan are fighting Frieza, and his death scene. His death scene is is, is terrific. It really is. I mean, um, even if he comes back, I don't I don't think his death scene is ruined by him coming back at all. No, I don't either. Because I mean, the sentiment he said is still there. Yeah, like like yeah, exactly. He could actually like not die and have still said that, and it would it would, it would mean, mean as much. Um, so like most things with the Vegeta, I, re- I really enjoyed. The Ginyu Force were awesome. We we had we had a two parter on that. <laughs> just uh, that was just fantastic. Uh, I liked again. I really love Goku's twenty times Kaioken, just because I I, I just like that scene so much. 
like his desperate scene and him just like like I'm not gonna be defeated and it not not working. <laughs> and uh, of course, him being uh, the best one is that when he comes to Super Saiyan, like it's, it's animated terrifically, it's so dramatic and uh, and also I also like the scene where uh, Frieza just shoots the planet and um, he says five minutes, even though it's, it's, as stupid as that is, it kind of just puts a, a deadline on you know the the, the saga like you know this this ends. This is an end at any moment. I, I, I kind of like the tension that that brings. Yeah, and yeah, you, you, regardless of you know how horrible time table, the timetable is, you still have that clock counting down in the back of your head. Yeah, absolutely. There's still like you know like like this this isn't this isn't going to end conveniently for them, and it doesn't because Goku's still on there. Yeah, and I mean yeah, as I was saying, in terms of uh, sagas, uh, I'd probably like this second. In terms of like uh the four main ones, the Saiyan one, the so- the the Saiyan one, the, the Namek Frieza saga one's like one big arc. Uh, it depends on like you know what they're concentrating on, but like, you know the Saiyan saga, the Namek slash Frieza saga, the Android slash Cell saga, and the Boo era. I, I probably like the second just because I do really love the Boo saga, uh, not the Boo saga, uh, the Android slash Cell saga. Um, and um, this one is seminal in how much it, how much change it brings. You know, we have Vegeta as a character now. Piccolo's a good guy now. We have the Super Saiyan. Like, it has so much uh, big impact stuff that you, it really, you really can't be ignored. I would, I really would really like to know the person who likes this saga the least. And and if, if that doesn't just come down to the fact that they like everything else better. Um, so, yeah, that's the Frieza saga. Um, is there anything that you're looking forward to from the, from, from the goodwill this, this, this one leaves on? I'm looking forward to more interactions between Vegeta and the Z Fighters since he's on Earth now, yes. and uh, eventually, or partic- particularly more between uh, more from Chaozu, Yamcha, and Tien because you know we haven't seen the, oh, these guys have been out, out of commission for so long. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to, for that. I, I mean, I, I guess because they they are the people who you haven't really seen a lot of. Part of the reason why I like the Android Saga the most is because it's so. This one felt really. I mean, the Freed Saga, as good as it was, felt really desperate. This one, for one thing, uh, just kind of. This is sort of a preview. Uh, like you said, we have we have. The, this is my favorite uh, assembly of the Z Fighters. We're gonna have we're gonna have um, you know the ones we saw here plus the ones who were dead. Like everyone, everyone's back and has a, a real Dragon Ball feeling. Although. Um, now that I think about it, there wasn't really ever in Dragon Ball or at this point, I guess I guess except for like the very beginning of the Saiyan Saga, like a whole team effort by the Z Fighters. Like, there wasn't any point where like they were all like you know okay we're gonna fight this nemesis. It was all sort of like even in Dragon Ball it was all kind of scattered like this was. The Android Saga is different in that it's a little bit more controlled, and um, there's a lot more team fights, which I really enjoy. I mean I love the setup that we have here, and uh, you know uh, we're going to get, we're going to get more Vegeta. Uh, we're going to get, um, you know, Super Saiyans uh, uh, extrapolated, and um, just I, I mainly I know I'm always going to talk about this in the next episode, but like the the plot is really awesome, I think, and um, and quite frankly, like like the battle it, which is going to take place on Earth involves so much. It feels a lot more like like a, like everyone else matters. I think there was I mean there's a lot of uh, you know characters who are important get the, get the spotlight, and characters that not that are not important don't. And I feel that like this one upcoming involves a lot of the characters a lot more in integral ways, which really has you liking the characters a lot more, which and makes and by that by that point makes you care a lot more when they are attacked or when they die. And there's also heavy, heavy, heavy consequences in the next one as well. Um, 
that's what I'm looking for. I mean, that, that one's my favorite, favorite one, but uh, this one left us a lot of good stuff to go off of, and um, I think that uh, judging by the reaction of the emails we got, <laughs> that, uh, it was definitely a favorite of uh, a lot of people's. And so the star voyagers from the planet Namek left the Earth to begin life anew somewhere deep in space. Gigi, is that meatloaf I smell? Yes, Dad, it's meatloaf. Hmm, yummy. I love meatloaf. Returned to normal for Gohan and his family, except that every night they would go out and look at the stars together and wonder when the one they loved would finally return. So, uh, I think that's pretty much all of my notes on the Freeze Saga. I don't think we'll have a, a, a more effeminate villain. <laughs> <laughs> True. Barring that, uh, before we actually get into the next uh, saga, which is the Android Saga, that's actually held off for the year 2013 uh, in the month of January. The next episode of The Next Dimension, <coughs> we'll be covering, like as we said before, the movies. Movies 3 through 5. So, if you own or have any way of viewing Movie 3, The Tree of Might, Movie 4, Lord Slug, or Movie 5, uh, Cooler's Revenge, I believe it's called, then, um, and they're not hard to find. Just go on YouTube. They're all actually on there, free to watch. Uh, then check those out. Send us the emails of what you think of those episodes or those, those, think of those movies, uh, what you think of our coverage. And um, I think that's essentially it. So uh, before we end this, before we end this this episode, I'd like to thank Jesse for sticking with me for twelve solid months of uh, wackiness and an unexpected <laughs> crap that goes on in this crazy series. <laughs> oh yes. It's been a fun ride so far. Absolutely, and we we got good stuff coming. Uh, it's going to be interesting now that like I think this is really like uh, the uh, test. I mean, if you if you are watching this and like you know have you made it past the saga, then I think that you're then you're good for the rest of the series. So, I I, I consider you a, a pro by this point. You got into the Super Saiyan, so so um uh, until then until next until I suppose not even next month but uh two weeks from now. When we cover the movies, Tree of Might, Lord Slug, and Cooler's Revenge. It's audios from me, and I assume it's audios from him. So until then, we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show at dbznextdimension.lipson.com and write in emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send in feedback on iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama. Next time on The Next Dimension, we'll be covering the next three movies, The Tree of Might, Lord Slug, and Cooler's Revenge.
next episode of Dragon Ball Z. The Eternal Dragon is summoned once again and right in Bulma's backyard. In clear violation of the neighborhood leash law, have our friends from Earth finally gone too far? It's joyful tidings on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah, I almost forgot. Krillin's in the house.